This program is a collaboration of personal opinions and individual free thought. It does not represent the views or narrative of the mainstream corporate media hacks. Viewer discretion is advised. And here we go. From the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. All right, everybody, it is that time of week again. Welcome to the live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. This is our main episode, our weekly main episode, every Monday night. If you are new, if you're listening in the future, we stream live every Monday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. As long as nothing else pops up or we have to delay it, we're, we're pretty consistent with that. I don't remember the last time that's changed. No, no, we're, I, we're pretty good on Mondays. I think... Uh, Maybe on a hot, like a random holiday, yeah. we'll push it to like, like a, a big Tuesday. One. Or if big we one. have a guest that can't make it on Monday, we'll yeah. push it. But for the most part, we are here live every Monday night. So yes. uh, get used to it because we're not going anywhere anytime no. soon. Uh, what's going on, Bill? Not a whole lot, man. Been busy. Yeah. Been good. Been good, busy. Good, good, good. Yeah. How about you? Oh, it's uh, always busy. Yeah. <laughs> always busy with pod, especially the first half of the week with podcast right. shit is just like the weekend wrap up, editing, writing. Main episode, editing, then moving on to the next week. So this week we have the pleasure of having a special guest on. His name is Justin Lightheart, and he's overall just an interesting dude. And he has a lot of good stuff to talk about. So I was like, hey, come talk on our show. And so that's what we're going to do. Did you know we have another uh, pandemic in the news? I I saw that. Yes, (laughs) yes. And and this one has a way cooler name than COVID-19. Yeah, well, they learned their lesson, I yes, think. Monkey so, yes, monkeypox. Monkeypox is in the news, and uh, we're going to take a look at that. We're not going to cover it as in-depth as we would have uh, as we did COVID. We're yeah, not going to spend, well. hopefully not going to spend weeks and weeks and weeks talking about uh, monkeypox. Well, because I- if they shut everything down again, we probably will. Well, obviously, we're going to have <laughs> to talk about those things. But uh, I, that's kind of where I want to go, at least a little bit with Justin yeah. is talking about monkeypox, talking about like we're kind of living in post COVID era right, right now. The, the, the PCE is yeah. what I like to call it. Uh, that makes sense. And believe it or not, things are a lot different now in 2022 than they were pre COVID in early 2020. Like society is probably, if you went back and looked at it and compared side by side, it's pretty, pretty yeah. considerably different. The way people respond to things, the oh, way yeah. people react to things. And some people more than others. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. And, well, it kind of goes on both sides because I think bef- after the fact now, you either have people that are way more compliant right. and just ready to just, 
you know what, let's just get the shit over with. Right. Or you have people on the other side of that are like, fuck that, I'm not doing yeah. that again. I, right. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to touch it. And yeah. um, early COVID, I think it was it was safe to say most of us were on this, you know, let, let's let's see yeah. how this thing plays right. out. Yeah, because we'll we didn't play, know what it was. Yeah, we'll play it safe there. <laughs> every every freaking time that thing dings, I have no idea what it is, but it's the same t- as soon as, <laughs> like three minutes into the show every time. Um, but we still were like, you know, it, I'm not going to, I'm I'm yeah. not one to get scared over right. stupid yeah. shit, but we're all like, you know, let's play safe. I know yeah. you went home, you took your clothes yeah, off I took in the my garage clothes or, off, throw them in the wash, you know, I... I, I Wash carried your some hands hand and, sanitizer yeah. yep. with me on jobs and stuff, you know, but I mean, it only lasted about a week. And then I'm like, this just doesn't seem right to me. Right. And I, I feel like things are much different now. And yeah. whether that's for the good or for the bad, that's what we're going to here to talk about yeah. tonight. We're going to talk about monkeypox. We're going to talk about kind of this post COVID era. We're going to talk about like this level of compliance that society kind of sits yeah. in right now, whether it's more compliant, less compliant, mm-hmm. more trust in the government, less trust in right. the government. I got a lot of things I want to get to with Justin. Sure. And I know he has a lot to say because he said, I asked him what he wanted to talk about, and he said, dude, we could talk about anything for hours on end. And it's like, <laughs> oh, all right, let's do it then. So uh, in just a couple minutes, we're going to get Justin on and... That's what we're going to do. We're just going to talk for hours on end. All right, let's do it. Um, Before we do, (laughs) before you get ahead of us, we obviously got to mention our sponsor. That is the great coffee fix of freedom. Uh, Run your mouth coffee. Supports free speech. Supports our right to be able to do this. Come on this thing. For hours on end. For hours on end. And um, whether you like it or not, um, (laughs) run your mouth coffee and let... Thinks that we should be allowed to do that without getting kicked off like we got kicked off YouTube last week, right. without getting deplatformed, without your friends and family telling you to shut up or right. disowning you from your family. You should be able to uh, express your thoughts, your opinions, whether they're right or wrong or ridiculous. You should have that right. And yep. Run Your Mouth Coffee supports that. And on top of that, they make a damn good cup of coffee. They do. Go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you. By using the good promo code, break the bell, that's all one word, and you'll get 10% off your purchase, plus free shipping, and that's just a freaking awesome deal. It's sharing the love. Support companies that support free speech and make good coffee, because that's America. Absolutely. In a nutshell. Otherwise, uh, make sure you check us out all over social media. Fact check this podcast. Jumped in and said, nice to see another Justin getting some break the bell love. This is Justin. This you're. This is actually the third Justin. That's right. We've had Justin Z yeah. early on. He's a pretty loyal listener. We've had Justin Campbell from the fact check this podcast. And now we got Justin uh, yeah, Lightheart. Collecting Justins. Yeah, and it's hard to keep the names all straight. Right. Like, I went to... Tag Justin Lightheart in this, and like this list of Justins all pops up on my my feed. So I think we need to do a Justin Fest. Yeah, we need to <laughs> have the Battle of the Justins yes. on sometime. <laughs> so make sure you check us out all over social media, is where you can find all our Justin friends too. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all all the big ones and some of the, the small ones. ones. Most of them, our handle is Break the Bell Pod. Um, otherwise, you can just type yeah. in Break the Bell Podcast, and you will find us. We try to spread ourselves as thin as possible yeah. to make things as difficult as possible for us. So you can find us, like, share, subscribe, all that shit that the kids tell you to do, and uh, we can do bigger and better things. We can have more Justins on this show <laughs> and have a good time with it. Definitely. I'm ready to get into this because I know Justin's waiting in the little waiting area at the bottom of the screen, Let's and do so it. I don't want to take up any more time than we need to without actually getting into the show. So Absolutely. let's 
dig into this. And when we come back, we will be live with Justin Lightheart. Here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I really enjoyed that. All right, good. we are here with uh, Justin Lightheart. Justin, how's it going? Howdy. It's going well. I hey, really enjoyed that intro. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite parts of the yeah. show. My kids love it. <laughs> here, let me kill the music real quick. Say? Let me kill the music real quick. Back into music. Sorry, uh, you're on the same fader as my music, so if I turn the music down, I turn you down. So I got to kill the music early and then get you in. This is Justin Lightheart. Hi, Justin. I'm Bill. This is Hi. Bill, the, my co-host. Yeah, um, Hi, Bill. That intro video is actually, I, I put probably a good, I mean, I'm not a video editor by nature, so things that would take a video editor, like my brother or something, somebody, like, 20 minutes to do took me like 10 hours to do but i put 10 Sorry, hours yeah. into that interview or that intro video before we even had like a concept no. for yeah, the show right, yeah. it's just like well i guess we're all in on this because i put that much effort <laughs> into this so how's it going justin um i have known you or known of you you've been in my circle of kind of libertarian-ish friends for probably a good half a decade and We've never actually talked in person that I can remember. We've talked oh. a little bit on social media, and at one point, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, you're like, hey, I want to go on somebody's show. And I'm like, dude, we, you don't have to ask us. Just <laughs> just come on our show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everybody has an open invitation, as long as you're okay, interested. Yeah. So, uh, Justin, um, I, all that to say, I don't know a whole lot about you. I know you used to have a podcast, you said. I don't know if you still oh, do. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a podcast, really. I, it was an experiment. Okay. I, um, I tried. So some somewhere in the middle of the COVID pandemic bullshit, in the middle of the summertime, I got uh, freaked out because I thought things were moving in the wrong direction no. <laughs> way too fast. Right. Uh, and, had, and had been for too long, and I was really starting to feel cagey. So I got a podcast show idea put together is just a me talking about stuff uh, with various i, I kind of had like this concept of um my like my pilot if you will was was a ham i think i call it a ham radio guru god or some garage guru god or something like that and nice it was just like i just wanted this like lo-fi uh midnight airwaves ranger kind of uh guy talking to all the the lone wolves out in the middle of the night trying to make a living. Right. Nice. And it, mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of like this comic booky sci-fi adventure concept. And it turned into 
me complaining a lot about <laughs> what was happening in the world. And I didn't, I think I was just trying to cope, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've actually talked about this on our show. There's like, I, I've talked to plenty of podcasters that, or former podcasters that tried covering current events and things like that the way we do. And they're like, man, it just got me down and just drug me down yeah. with it. And yeah. there, I think there's two different kinds of people. Like some people, like me, I, I can laugh at this shit. And yes, it's terrifying yeah. to me, but I just laugh it off. I'm generally an optimist. <laughs> right. You might not be able to tell based on the topics we talk about, but I'm generally, hey, things are going to work out okay. But then there's like... There's white-pilled and there's black-pilled. There's the people that are like, oh, everything just sucks, and we're all going down with it. And it's like, if if it's really dragging you down like that, then you shouldn't be doing it because um, um, you don't need that negativity. Like, you don't need right. the whole world dragging you down with it, I guess. Yeah. And I'm generally, I agree. generally a pessimist, but I just like to laugh at everything, so... <laughs> Anyway, carry on. <laughs> well, I think the the ultimately um, I stopped doing it because it was it was getting to be a lot of work. You know, like you said, it takes people who are good at it can fly through it pretty quick. Uh, it was taking me a couple of hours to edit what I wanted mm-hmm. to be something close to to an end product that I like. Sure. And and even then, it was so short on production value in my esteem Mm -hmm. i did a whole episode on it all by itself because it bothered me so much i'd spend all this time and and i'd come out with something that was like i doodled in crayons you know (laughs) and i i make fun of myself often because i like to i like to make memes too Mm -hmm. and i often use um like microsoft paint and (laughs) and they're so they're so trash but i love them because they make me laugh and i put them out and People who know me really well laugh because they know that I'm laughing and that like that's sure. funnier to them than the actual meme. Most of the time, they don't get them. They're like they're too, they're too far in the field for people to get them sometimes. So I mean, that's but what, they, what's um, important. Is I do the best I can. As long as you laugh at it, that's really all that matters. Fact check this podcast says I just gave up on humanity and decided to talk about the stuff I wanted to instead of current events. Now yeah. I mean that's fair. I know yeah. a lot of people that did that. I know we've had Remzo on. He yeah. said the same thing. He used to talk politics and current events and he said i couldn't do it anymore it was like just too dragging down on me and so he switched courses to um a podcast of how to improve your life and be like a happier person which which is what we need more of i think too in the world so um so you you talked about being able to like you like your product you like your memes and stuff being able to laugh at it and at the end of the day my show whether people are like people like it or not my goal is to put out a show that I want to listen to. And I don't know if most podcasters do this, but I almost always go back and re-listen to my show because if it's something that I don't like, then I don't want to do it. I want to put out a show that I want to listen to. Yeah. I want to talk about things that I want to hear about. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we do talk quite a bit about the trending topics, but it's usually something that I want to talk about, right. not... And it's got a different angle on it. Typically, mm-hmm. we come from a, you know, almost from an angle that we don't think other people are really touching. So, so Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself, because, like I said, I don't know a t- too much besides what we talked about this week, just on Facebook chat. Um, for, uh, my, my when Bill asked who we we're having on today, I I said his name's Justin. 
And he's like, who is he? And I was and like, he's, he's just an interesting guy. I like, he's yeah. just overall an interesting dude that likes to talk about just about anything. So I, I was just like, that's who he is. <laughs> that's my, uh, I, th I think probably the thing I like about myself the most is that I'm, I can be interested in just about anything mm -hmm. for, for long enough for it to count. And, um, I do a pretty good job assessing right up front whether or not I care about a topic, but sometimes you enter like a forum where you should be interested in whenever you're talking like this one, you know, like if you guys started talking about something, I wouldn't just zone out. That's rude. Mm -hmm. I'm here for a reason, but, um, let's see. Whenever I get asked about myself, I always struggle to, to define myself with labels because that's how everybody does it. Right. And I've been challenging myself to think in different ways. And I, I still haven't come up with a good one. So uh, that's not like, doesn't sound like a label. I think I just kind of freeform spew it out all at once each time. Sure. I've, I'm middle-aged, right? I'm like 40 something and I feel 20 still. I don't, I don't understand why people complain about getting old. I think that really kind of, kind of weakens us as people mm -hmm. to think in that mentality. Like if anything, you should be, um, you should have earned a venerated place in your little community sure being an older an elder person and should be handing down some kind of information to the younger generation to help them get along but then we have sort of reversed society so that we're putting all of the burden on the younger folk mentally speaking while the middle-aged folk are actually burying it and then the elderly folk are just put out to pasture and those that don't have strong family ties feel useless and they die early mm -hmm. and the ones that do have strong family ties you know, I, I think it's, it's very few of them that are healthy enough to have a great relationship with their kids. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the real epidemic in America is that that broken family BS. It's just yeah. ge just generational cyclical trauma. So um, so I'm a middle aged guy. I don't like to talk about it too much, um, but it's <laughs> but it's a fact. And then as I get older, it, it feels sometimes it feels like I'm running out of time and other times I'm like, dang, I got another 50 years or something like oh, yeah. to, to do again, you know, and it's, it's strange, but um, I relate. I relate. I've been a parent for more than half that time. So okay. I do consider myself an expert in raising people and not all people, certainly, but my people. And right. so whenever, uh, whenever the topic comes up about parenting advice, I take, I do really kind of hold myself in check nowadays when it comes to parenting advice because i don't think most people want it i think when people are asking for advice they're really just it's a cry for help they they just want someone to come in and, and fix it for them mm -hmm. because uh usually by the time you get to a, a crisis situation it's so wound up in other shit that you don't have any idea how you got there in the first place so uh and i was a lot like that you know just up until um i don't know this last maybe two years ago about a year ago in December, so a year ago this last December, okay, I started therapy for the first time for real. Really? And I unwound so much stuff in just a year of one of uh excuse me, one hour a week that uh I can I can actually spend time thinking about that stuff that got me there. Before that I didn't even want to think about it. You know, you just and people I think all people are really like that. They get they just pile up all this damage and then they don't know how to unwind it. And we kind of do that with our relationships too. Um, whenever there's a conflict confrontation between two people, generally speaking, they kind of model that after 
how they watch their parents do that stuff and navigate that stuff and what's worked for them. But you just, we just pack that stuff in and I don't forget where I was going with this. And another thing you'll learn about me is that I seldom stay on topic. That's all right. I am tangentially off in another direction all the time. So um, I've, I've been doing better. I even have a notepad right here in case I really want to remember to talk about something, but I'm pretty lost. We were talking about who I am. Yes. Um, and this is it. My wife calls me an absent-minded professor and it's a, uh, I'm not sure about the professor part. I'm definitely absent-minded. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even figure out how to get the color to come on the camera today. That's all right. Started, it, so it looks vintage. I, I like it. Does. it. I thought it was quite the statement. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was intentional. I was like, oh, it that, was. That's, I'm kidding. That, that's, that's nice. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, we've never had somebody come on the show in black and white before, so you're a first for us. Um, so, I guess, I, I. I want to assume because you're in my libertarian sphere of influence and and uh, contacts that you're some form of libertarian, whether that be like capital L oh, yeah. as they call or like little L that you follow the beliefs of libertarianism, anarchist but you don't. Capitalist. Yeah, anarchist. What like what what? How would you describe yourself? I know you said you don't like labels, but as far as like political standings, where, oh, do, where I just... is it? I'm okay with labels. I really am. Right. I was just challenging myself to think of myself in other ways, like in a way that that's more about who I actually am as opposed to what I do for mm. other people. Right. Uh, but as far as libertarianism goes, I've gone through the whole spectrum of libertarianism, I think already. And I'm back to being okay with being a libertarian again. Cause I don't, I really don't think it matters. Sure. I think um, politics in general is controlled opposition because people who want things go out and get them. And whether they do so within the, the channels of the law that exists, because they utilize that power that's in play, they still have to call upon folks who will go execute that power, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's not them personally, then they know who to source to do it. And I think that I think that's how it is. People who live in an agorist sort of way, like like I tend to, don't ask permission, they just go do. So how you, you can't account for those people anyway. Um, so politically speaking, I think it's a, it's a way for people to meet and have their two minute hate, like in 1984, right? Yeah, right, kinda, right, right. Kind of vent and, and scapegoat something, some amorphous blob of opposition that is fucking up their life. Uh, they get to scapegoat that and then it's not their fault. They don't have to make any real changes in their own lives. Did you see and it gets really, gets really wound up when you consider how some people appear to be born into incredibly unfortunate situations and. And you might say, hey, Justin, that's really fucked up to say that person has a choice to feel happy about it. But I do believe that. I do think that 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 is the culmination of my life so far is that I believe that that people have to choose happiness every fucking time, yeah. every every day. I yeah. like it. I like that. Um, you talk about like people blaming the amorphous blob for like their problems and what have you. What about the people that like look to like say you're. You don't care about people because you don't care about government spending programs or welfare programs. And that's just another example of looking to the amorphous blob to like solve all our problems. It's like if you really cared about like the good of humanity and welfare and stuff, why aren't you the one out there doing it rather than, hey, government, take all my money and you decide what's the what's the best welfare resources that we can spend Who's most deserving of our money. Yeah, and then when it fails, you still get to blame somebody else. Right. You know, right. It's not your fault when it fails. You don't have to try that hard. 
no and um you get to complain in all directions it's pretty cool have you guys i'm gonna give a shout out to morgan aldis do you guys know who he is i do not Find, okay he's a fantastic dude um i will introduce you later um online okay in any case he gave a class he gives a class i think he's still doing it but he i took it a couple months ago and it was about the drama triangle and uh how I don't want to give all the details of it right now because, like I said, it was like a class, right? Mm -hmm. But in, in really broad brushstrokes, it's just a model of behavior. So like any model, it requires you to 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 hold it in place in your mind and, and use it. But when you look through it, that lens at people's behavior, it makes a lot of sense. And it, it basically says that most folks choose to be victims mm -hmm. in some capacity. They, they choose it or they think of themselves as a victim. And when they think that the the course the core statement of being a victim is I have no power, and then victims are supported by rescuers and persecutors. Mm -hmm. uh, persecutors can they they persecute people and they have power, and rescuers rescue people and they have power. But ultimately, they get sucked into being victims themselves because persecutors have to be out there persecuting the the bad guy, right, and and holding everyone accountable because it's otherwise things aren't fair, and that. If they don't do that, then they don't have any power and they, they become a victim. And um, the whole class is about basically taking that concept and realizing it's true and and then being able to see that in yourself and notice those patterns of behavior. And then you flip it. Again, it's a mental model, so you have to choose right to, to do it. But mm -hmm. you flip it upside down and, and you consider all other people um, competent co-creators it doesn't matter what their actual skill sets are or what their level of intent is uh presumed to be you have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt or actually um the benefit of of uh belief in their ability to be a competent co-creator and then that empowers you to treat everybody as if they can actually help you and work with you and then when you bring that energy to the table people are sort of summoned to that right they're called to action mm -hmm. We're very, um, we're very energetic beings. So if you come to the table with like good intentions, most people want to, to fulfill that, those expectations in the right settings anyway. Huh. That uh, sounds very so, interesting. So, so when you, when you flip that model upside down, the victim becomes the creator, right? And the, instead of having no power, the creator has all of the power, right? Mm -hmm. And the rescuer becomes the coach. So he's no longer in charge of keeping somebody alive. It's more like he's there to offer his guidance. And if that person chooses to take it, they can or don't have to. And you have a lot of, um, there's a lot of freedom of association there and empowerment there. And the persecutor becomes instead a challenger. Hmm. And that person is there to um, basically make sure that you're being, that you're holding yourself accountable, but you're not beholden to them for anything. You can't be persecuted by them. You can only have your, your own principles challenged and you should have your principles challenged that's yeah. what i think yeah if absolutely you think principles that we challenged all the time and, and i we've talked about this before like anybody like you see that like lack of wanting to be challenged so so mm -hmm. often nowadays like you get people in their their echo chambers their little personal bubbles comfort and if they yeah their comfort zones and if if uh somebody even just pops on their 
their public post that, that they posted and just puts a little bit of challenge to it. And it doesn't even have to be anything. It's just like, it has to be like, you know, I disagree. It's like instantly blocked, blocked. And it's yeah. like, I like, it's, it's like working out in a gym. If you're not some, if you're not putting some kind of stress on those muscles, what are you actually doing to those muscles? If you're doing the same thing that's comfortable to you all the time, you're not getting stronger. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing in your relationships, in your like debates, in your religion, whatever your beliefs. If you're not constantly like allowing those to be challenged, how do you like strengthen those beliefs? Yeah. And like even in like a church setting, I guess. Um, I think I Justin, you have like religious background, I I think based on what I've read. Um, oh, minute. It's minute. Yeah. Um, Bill, it's you, more of you like a uh, spiritual renaissance, right? But, right. but all that to say, I like, like you get, at, up at a church per se, you get so many churches and I, I know you've probably seen experience or at least seen this or witnessed this that mm. won't allow somebody of a different belief to come in and challenge their beliefs because, um, well, they're going to lead the flock astray or whatever. And it's like, well, how do you how do you strengthen those beliefs, whether it's religious or morally or personally, whatever? If you're not challenging that in some way, if you're just like stuck in an echo chamber, then you're just sitting at like shallow, weak beliefs. That if anybody could just come in and say one thing and knock you over, then then what are your beliefs actually? Right. Is is what I'm going with with that. So, well, how do you justify having a salary as a pastor? Um, if you're not the foremost expert on <laughs> on the word of God, right? Like yeah. if you have any flaw flaw being a difference of opinion, the if I don't know what to say, but if the if the people in your flock don't feel comfortable coming to you and talking to you about it, you're gonna lose them anyway. Mm-hmm, right? right? Right. They're yeah. they're gone anyhow and you're never gonna know why. And that's kind of silly. I don't know that I've ever had a really strong enough relationship or been in a church long enough to see that happen mm-hmm. or wonder about it. Because to me, it was always like it, anything I heard during a sermon, I would have just absorbed and taken and reflected upon. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't study on my own and there was never an occasion for me to say, Hey, I heard this and I don't understand what it means or I disagree with your interpretation. So, uh, but I presume it's happened many times throughout the years with a lot of people and I guarantee that there are people who don't believe in God at all, who have met, found themselves in the pulpit, right? Talking to a bunch of people. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that too, but, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, that's all right. Cause, <laughs> well, we, we, I, I do have a, a little bit of discussion topic I want to get to. So I guess at this point we'll just kind of switch courses before we run out of time. Cause we could, probably go at this for four or five hours yeah, if easily we, i i easily could i know bill could and justin from what it sounds like you could too um this kind of will tie back to what you're talking about where people kind of make their own decisions yeah, for their blind own life. following yeah blind following versus kind of plotting your own course and stuff but first i want to get into this this new uh up-and-coming pandemic of monkeypox and I want to ask you what, as soon as you heard about this and people were like, hey, monkey pox is spreading globally. What was what was your first response to that? Okay, so I don't, <laughs> I feel like a tiny little bit of backstory is necessary, okay. but I'll keep it short. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I really felt like I heard about 
the coronavirus, um, the C19 coronavirus thing in the middle of December, like, mm-hmm. like really the week before my birthday. And I was very concerned about it because it was weird. Right. And I, I thought it was something else entirely. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, so your, so bells, went and, your bells went off early, early on, probably earlier than. Yeah. Most well, I mean, our circle of people tend to be a little bit closer, like to the leading edge of information. Mm-hmm. And, and that's an interesting topic all by itself. Cause I'm not really sure there's any actual, um, free information on the internet anymore. Right. So, so I, so I wonder about leaked footage, um, just being staged like huge stage dramas. Anyhow, mm-hmm. I mean, they, but anyway, that all that aside, that's a whole other conversation. Right. Um, I learned about it in December. I went on a deep dive to find out what I could find out. I, I found enough room for doubt by January that I was starting to ask really strong questions about about things that I didn't think matched up. And some of those were like the conflicting numbers or just what it came down to for me was it wasn't in our area at all like nobody in our entire county or the outlying counties got sick i had friends who lived in little saigon in seattle Mm -hmm. and those people have a there's a large those people there's a large (laughs) documented um there's a large undocumented population in little saigon and there's like there was no sickness there so like the whole time the whole time wow there, there's that was a firsthand report from a guy who um, who was out on the street during the whole Chaz Chop thing, reporting with cameras and stuff, uh, doing his part. And I don't believe that he would have lied about that. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible he didn't see all the cases? Yeah. But but the point is, people were not dying in the streets, which is what we saw happening in Wuhan. Right. Right. It just happened that like a two months before this whole thing happened. So, you know, like, uh, November ish of that, of 2019, I yes. think it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I just seen a report about Wuhan, the Wuhan district. Cause it's huge. So, you know, it's like 13 million people or really? something in that city. I like like people don't that. realize how large it is and it's filthy. Like they have, there's a whole uh, marketplace for opening up sewer grates and pulling um slime like like scum off the top and then cooking it back into cooking oil and selling it ah, back to street food vendors so right? someone was bound so to get th- something eventually <laughs> <laughs> they they just they just don't have the healthiest living conditions to begin with and there's an enormous number of people packed into a relatively small uh area it'd be like similar to living in new york right mm-hmm. which you know that's kind of important or the lombardy district of Italy is the same. It's it's very, it's crammed and it's dirty. Right. And that was the other place that was hit pretty hard in the beginning. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be honest, my my thoughts initially were the whole five G thing, and I've never been what I would call a fringe conspiracy theorist guy. Like I like I've never, I joke about it, but I've never actually been like Neo from the Matrix, us you know, up all night with all the computer screens on and papers everywhere, like looking for the missing link. Yes, that's fair. Um, but when I hear something that doesn't make sense, I always mock it and make fun of it mm-hmm. uh, because because you have to. And then for me, that's that's just like a little dog ear in the pain of I'll come back to it later and investigate okay. it if it's more interesting. But um, yeah. in any case, I I did think that it was that it was 5g related i did 
And I also like to um, fancy myself as being the first person to discover something. I'm over that now, but at the time <laughs> I was, I was really like, I'm going to scoop this thing. You know, I'm going to solve, I'm going to solve the globe's problem right now today by myself. <laughs> um, no, for real though, I was, I was looking into it and I read some pretty good arguments that like an actually good argument about why it probably wasn't 5g that had nothing to do with safety studies or anything. Mm -hmm. He basically just said, there's, there's just no proof of the virus to begin with, right? There's no isolate. Um, the, the PCR testing doesn't work the way people think it does. And there were all these other things and like, and it's, and it's coming out of China, right? right Our right. sworn trade enemy that we've been told for years, we can't trust any information coming out of, uh, they're they own all the tech there's nothing comes out of that country like who who how are we to believe that any of this stuff is even real to begin with it was his whole argument right like eighty six thousand deaths or whatever 86 million i don't remember how many it was some ridiculous yeah, number of deaths right. right in the beginning and he's you know in a city of 13 million people it's like well they had a bad week right you know, like, <laughs> right yeah. right it's it's really not that bad um when you frame it up like that so <laughs> But everybody's got a grandma somewhere and sure. you know, <laughs> yes. when it's your grandma, it fucking sucks. And that's what you that's where you get the the clash of the titans in social media. Mm -hmm. We had people that were losing people during that time and they were being told by media that it was covid. And so they were like, my fucking person died of covid. Yes. And other people are like, I haven't seen anyone die of covid. Right. So yeah. bullshit. And then ne next thing you know, like friendships that were there for 10 or 15 years are ruined yeah yeah and everything's in a state of upheaval family's not talking i've got family members that have blocked me just for saying i don't think so yeah and just blocked like that over yeah. over the I, stuff i got disinvited from Silly. several family events so back to monkeypox then are, are we there oh yeah yet? Oh yeah, I got off topic again. No, that's so, all right. You're good. You're good. Back so story. after all this, I I go through the the my original theories and all that about COVID and then stuff at work and stuff in this state was insane for months and months on end. We finally just got out of the that whole bullshit year. That whole year was bullshit. And then yeah. we we get to the the new year, and our governor who. In Jay Inslee is a piece of garbage. He's human garbage. <laughs> like most of the governors aren't worth our time. Yes. But this man literally deserves to be tarred and feathered. Wow. He is a, he has destroyed decades long family businesses with all the mandates and stuff. He's as guilty as the as Cuomo in New York. Oh, Cuomo, that guy. Don't even get me started. So, <laughs> so, so. Where was I going? Justin oh Campbell goodness. says we're getting definitely getting I the ban for this one, and I I already thought about that, Justin. We're... Oh no, am I not supposed to bring up governor's no. name? Oh, no, no, it, no, again. just uh, all the talk about COVID. We got banned. We got a one week ban oh. last week for talking about medical misinformation. So I that's okay. We already decided that yeah. we're probably getting we're, we're kicked all off. This. So well, I apologize. We're all no, we're all on board. Yeah. No, I um, I brought this up. I knew as I'm writing my notes, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the one right here. So. <laughs> Okay, uh, I do. I do have a way. Like in the future, I do have a more tactful way to talk. I didn't even think about that. No, you're fine. No, no we're not worried about. We it. are not tactful. We don't even. Try, <laughs> we don't even try yeah, anymore. No. Nor should you be. Okay. We we just got to the point where we're like, yeah, if we're gonna get banned, we're going to. We're gonna yeah. talk about what needs to be we're, talked we're going about. All so. out. Yep. So anyway, by and by, uh, we get all done with this. I don't trust anything the government has to say, and I also like. I may not be. Uh, I'm just not fully on board with 
with pure ger- germ theory as it stands, I don't really believe in contagion. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's something, something happens with DNA. Some, something happens with exosomes, or maybe there is bacterial infection possible. I like, I have, I've read a lot of good studies um, that are like alternate to that, that you can't, that don't, that answer the questions that aren't answered by germ theory, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just. When monkeypox came up, my I just the bullshit alarm just immediately went off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then I had to go kind of find some justification because you do get people to say, "Well, this could be the one, though, guy." Yeah, you this know, is like, the big yeah, one. Right, whatever. This is the big one. Yeah. Yeah. But the first, it didn't take long, and I, I knew an elite, an elite amount of, of news people, right? Like like independent journalists, if you will, um, yourselves included. And whenever whenever things are there to be found, people will put them out on social media and they're just not quick enough to, to catch them. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing that happened with monkey pox was they showed a picture of a white person's hand with the blisters. I've on got it. it. Right. I've got right. that. I saved it. So <laughs> here, let me pull that up and you can explain what we're looking at here. Yeah. Okay. So on the left, we have uh, the th- rare monkey pox cases. They got a graphic that's presumably that's, those are symptoms of monkey pox. But then on the right, we have the exact same photograph, and it's about shingles. It says, what, okay. what is shingles? With pictures. What is shingles? And then on the other side, it says, rare monkeypox cases reported from the U.S. First time in nearly 20 years. All you need to know. And like you said, it's the exact same hand, yeah. the exact same yeah. bumps, and the exact same spot. It's not like, hey, this kind of looks like the same. No, this is a cut-and-paste picture of the same thing. So if one was shingles, and I don't see date stamps on these or... Or anything um, to say when it's one or the other. So are the me. symptoms of monkeypox the same as shingles? Or is it shingles it's and they're probably, just calling right, it monkeypox? Because right, I've had shingles and I survived. <laughs> yeah. Or was it monkeypox? Now I'm so, confused. <laughs> I think if you were to just use some logic and common sense, these days we know that when they fuck up this bad, <laughs> it's because they're just trying to make up shit and they were sloppy, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I like to think that there's a sleeper cell somewhere and they're like, Hey, let's fuck it up on purpose because we're tired of this bullshit. Yeah, but I, that's just you that's know, I like a, a romantic story. <laughs> um, but for real, I think that shingles is probably a joke. I think sure. chicken pox is probably a joke. I think probably the chicken pox vaccine that you get. Yeah, I didn't even have gives that. You, yeah, gives you shingles, or if I don't know, if you don't get chicken pox as a kid, you end up with shingles as an adult. I don't know. There's, yeah. but. They use the same picture, so either they want us to think it's more serious than it is, and they didn't have a photo, in which case, you know, who are we <laughs> listening to in the first place? Right. Or they're, or it's just complete garbage because it's yeah. so long ago they ran the shingles picture. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It floors me. I can't believe something like that got by. That's like a dead giveaway. Yeah. Right. And so and they've since oh, replaced it. When they make such a blatant ex- yeah. mistake like that, and they expect it to just get by you because yeah. they, they think we're morons, which right. probably a good general right. majority of the population. I'm not saying they're morons, but they, they just are. don't care enough <laughs> to look into they it. Are. They're just going to yeah. buy into it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, they, they don't even try anymore. It's just yeah. like, here it is. This is this is monkeypox. This is what it looks like. This is what you should be looking yeah. for. And, and not too- up on CNN and people are like, oh, God, don't leave the house. Yeah, that looks horrible. <laughs> and then you get people, like a small majority like us, that are like, wait, that looked like that shingles picture we saw a couple <laughs> years ago. And somebody did the due diligence to 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 point it out. Another thing that, that raised questions to me is monkeypox supposedly originated in West Africa, right? 
Okay. Supposedly. This this current epidemic or the spreading of it, which <laughs> you can't call it an epidemic. The the last reports I saw said a hundred confirmed cases. A hundred. One hundred, which doesn't seem like much to me. That sounds like Those are uh, rookie numbers. Right? Yeah. Um but yeah. but a, <laughs> this current strain of it is baffling African scientists. Like it's baffling. Blowing their minds because it's not well, like anything. I'm not surprised. Look at these pictures. Okay. Uh-huh. What the fuck are we looking at? What that's, is that? That's monkeypox. Like, the virus. Pattern you don't know what I that is. To. You don't recognize that as monkeypox. <laughs> you okay, can't. Can you? Is is there like a little uh, little caption here that says it's captured by an electron micrograph or something like that? It says the CDC is now working with Massachusetts no. health officials to investigate. <laughs> so this could just be. You don't a, even know what to say. It could be anything. A microscopic right. picture of dirt. What, what was the, yeah. the co- what yeah. was the COVID um um variant that came out of africa that africa was like hey you don't need to freak out but then everybody freaked out yeah which I, one was that I one i can't remember now i, can't I don't know keep them so straight. now omicron africa, was that omicron? no that's yeah omicron so now africa's gotta make up for it and they're like hey wait wait, wait but we got monkey pox <laughs> but this this article is from wlox.com some some freaking news station but it says uh um scientists who have monitored numerous outbreaks of monkeypox in Africa say they are baffled by this disease recent spread in Europe and North America. And it says um, there are about 80 confirmed cases, according to this, which that still doesn't seem like much. Right. But it says I'm the scientist says the virologist who's studied in Africa study monkeypox says I'm stunned by this. Every day I wake up and there are more countries infected. And basically it goes on to say, like, for the most part, when... Like it said, first time in 20 years. Well, every time that it's come to Europe or the United States, it's always been somebody that's connected right. somehow to West Africa or somebody who's been to West Africa and visited there. Hunter in, Biden. In this case, in this case here, no connection whatsoever to to West Africa. So where the hell did this come? No connection to each other either. It's just popping up right. randomly and just sporadically across the, the globe. How does that even happen? Like, like, uh, well, it, it blows my it mind. Doesn't seems like the obvious answer to me, but <laughs> well, yeah, I, don't, right. yeah, I also exactly. don't know where they're going with it. Yeah, maybe they don't have to go anywhere. Uh, this they're could not be just like they're just saying, one of those diseases that just is meant to like it's your it's your ambient disease. Right. What it, it's like the ambient epidemic uh, that's always there in the background happening in some other country. Right. It's never going to hit the U.S. shores. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be somebody else's problem. But then they've always got it kind of like in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. It's sort of they're probably just toe dipping. But it, to see what thought. the yeah. response is going to be. It also goes on to say authorities in Spain and Portugal say their cases were in young men and mostly who had sex with other men and said these cases were picked up when men turned up with lesions at sexual health clinics. So so it's AIDS. It's like the new AIDS. <laughs> it's like and, and it's which also isn't real, right? You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. There was one. I don't know if I have it here that said this um like the strain in Italy the the outbreak in Italy was uh like occurred after like a party in a gay sauna party. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound How like the they, doesn't that sound they know? Well, doesn't that sound like well that's <laughs> they what they there. all were connected to. Yeah, they were there. How would they know? How would they know? But I that's mean, my favorite part about all of this yeah. is the epidemiology. Like they created so many There's... epidemiologist billets in the government um the government like the public private interface <laughs> sector. Like there's there's so so many more epidemiologists exist today. 
and it's a it's a shit job it's a stupid sure. ass job yeah. contact tracing is garbage oh, right we don't live we don't live in a world where you can contact trace shit you can't you can't lock people down for real you can't your whole um aerosolized vector bs makes it impossible it's also utterly illogical to think that it's not totally sanitized by the sun i see people walking around way back early in the beginning when people were walking around with masks on mm -hmm. outside by themselves right. yes, broad yes. daylight there's yeah. just no there's no critical thinking there at all yeah but i but it's working it works just fine and that's why i think this monkeypox thing is gonna i mean it'll make its money oh it's absolutely it, it's it'll make somebody somebody this is the new financing game yeah it's like um i don't know i don't even know what to say it's it's weird the, the... They're, they're selling catastrophes now it's well, like yeah, fear porn. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, exactly. You survived. Yeah. Fear porn We're all for in money this together now. now. Yep. Um, but the the part with the it's gay the sauna, normal. the part that with the gay sauna thing that like really piqued my interest was the fact that it's so similar to do you remember the San Francisco bathhouses in the oh, during the yeah. AIDS pandemic, the AIDS epidemic back in the eighties? Right. Like it all like started flowing out of the the bathhouses yeah. in San Francisco, and this is like almost copy and paste from the 80s and yeah. it, it it's weird to me that in 2022 we're getting a disease with gay sex when yeah if you can transmit something from gay sex you should shouldn't you be able to transmit it from heterosexual sex as well because you're still right. swapping body fluids and if it's transmitted by body fluids doesn't it do the same exact thing? Yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm sorry. No, but the, the viruses are very intelligent. And they know the difference. <laughs> yes. And they they're... prefer homosexual men because they have far more sex than heterosexual men. Well, obviously. That's it in a nutshell. It's just the disease just knows how to spread itself faster. <laughs> Pretty soon, and this is how you get zombie viruses. Yes. Eventually, <laughs> I'm telling you, eventually. This is. Jeez. This I don't know, man. What Fauci's I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know what it's for, but it's definitely something. And it's it's hilarious now. Uh -huh. But I have to admit that in the beginning, I I still had room for it to be real. It's still kind of it was still kind of frightening because everyone else around me was scared. And I, my heart goes out to people who have family today still that's genuinely afraid. Because yeah. while I sit here and like kind of mock people like that, I think there are people that are still. Uh, you know, friends of dear friends that are, they're still struggling with that. And that, that's tough, man. Fearing yeah. for your life is tough. And I blame the media primarily because Absolutely. they're the ones that, mm -hmm. that hyped it up. Um, and once you start fearing for shit, you stop thinking critically. Mm -hmm. And then most of us aren't trained to think critically anymore anyway. So it's like what? a lost, it's like a lost skill. Yeah. Well, it's going, it's going goodbye. It's true. I know, like, like you talked about how you kind of entertain some like certain conspiracy theories you're not like die hard like you said but you entertain some of the conspiracies um so obviously there are plenty of conspiracy theories that have come out of this one and i i wanted to get your opinion on some of these here's 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 one of them this is a fact-checked post from newsweek it says did bill gates predict the monkeypox outbreak because i don't know do you remember when bill gates came out like <laughs> mid pandemic time and he was like well this is nothing just wait till the big well, like right. wait for the big one to come he's like he had said um i recall 
Yeah, he had said something along the lines like a similar smallpox type variant will be weaponized as a bioweapon and yeah. and spread across the globe. And so obviously the conspiracy theorists are coming out and saying, well, this is like <laughs> he didn't predict this yeah. like he kind of um, enforced it or, or whatever. Cause, uh, didn't he buy up a bunch of uh, smallpox like vaccines or something uh, like that? Yeah, I've well, yeah, I've got this article and then i've got this that was posted on the social medias and this one will absolutely get us kicked off youtube oh, because good. i i'm reading it because it, it's like a it's like a timeline thing it's that it so it's in chronological order so it's just headlines it says bill gates first it says bill gates warns of a smallpox terror attack as he seeks research funds and there's that that key word the fu research funds right. there it's about making money um, the next one is FBI and CDC investigate several vials of labeled smallpox found at research at vaccine research facilities. Remember I that? Remember that one? Yeah, remember, I remember we, talked we talked about, about that one. That, yeah. It's just like, what are they doing hoarding? Right. This is not a research facility that yeah. is like designated as a smallpox hoarder. So what is it doing there? And we were like, hey, something's going to happen. We should watch out for this. Yeah. The next one is Fauci bla is blasted by PETA for using monkeys in horrendous HIV experiments. Hmm. And that's the one that I was just like, hmm, is there a connection here? Because you've got the, mm -hmm. like, how they're kind of connecting this monkeypox right. thing with kind of the headlines from the right. 80s AIDS epidemic, too. Yeah. And it's just like, hmm, what's going on there? Um, the there, next. Remember, like, AIDS was Fauci's, like, white whale. Yeah, remember? absolutely. I mean, that was, like, his thing he was dedicated to, to beat or whatever, you know? Yeah, and then with all the research from uh, COVID-19, right. supposedly now he can cure AIDS. Yeah, you know, that He's right. been working so. on for 40 years. The next one is women fall. a woman falls ill after encountering escaped lab monkeys, sparking new pandemic fears. <laughs> that is the movie. first thing I thought <laughs> of when I heard monkeypox. Do you remember that one, Justin? When there was, like, the crashed monkey lab monkey vehicle and the woman like went and thought she oh, saw yes. a cat or something yeah. and it spit in her face <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like sandy hook all over again it does it no does. i i i don't buy any of that i don't that's bullshit that yeah. never happened you know well maybe the, i don't know maybe it did like, but the, the thing whole was, thing is ludicrous well the thing was she was pissed and because they want to tell her, because they did all these lab tests right, on her, because yeah. she got like swole, like her eyes like swelled up like yeah. pink eye and shit after the fact. And they did tests on her. They didn't want to tell her a damn thing until she went public with it. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, we we're testing you for herpes because these were monkeys being tested with herpes, quote unquote. <laughs> um, the next one is woman uh, monkey pox case is detected. All the shit we're talking about today. And then the U.S. buys millions of monkeypox vaccines after Massachusetts confirms a case. So, so all those headlines case, put in order. A case. Yeah. Yeah. They they buy they buy millions of vaccines after a case. Yeah, it is, says Massachusetts confirms case. One case. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> about oh, the Lord. research funds. Absolutely. It's about the money. It's, yeah. I mean, you can tout whatever conspiracy theory you want, but it really comes down to the money. Like, how many yeah. billions of dollars? did Fauci receive for AIDS research and right. how far have we actually come on curing AIDS that, yeah. that you know of? Do you know? Zero far. Yes. Zero. Zero, zero <laughs> is the answer. All right. So here's my last conspiracy theory. Well, maybe not my last, but one of my last conspiracy theories, if I can get the damn thing to play. There is an abundance <laughs> of, of bullshit. Around. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Let's, let's just say for argument's sake that it's actually impossible for people to spread disease 
with a, with a germ vector, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say that's absolutely impossible and it can't happen physiologically and we've got it all wrong. First of all, that's, that's believable, assuming that, that people are making assumptions during the process of infection. And I can prove that that's being done anyhow, but uh, let's just say that it's impossible and we've got it all wrong. There's no money in that, right? Like oh, yeah. you can't, that means you can never cure it or prevent it. There's something else that happens that causes it and you're, you're unlikely to ever stop it. So there's zero money in that, right? So that alone provides like some kind of motive to keep mm. the lie going. Right? Well, that, that's similar to what they said about like ivermectin and stuff. It's like right. that, that the patents all expired on that. So they couldn't make any money on that. So that's um, a lot of people, including yours truly said, that's why they're so against ivermectin, right. not because it's a horse pace, but because you can't make any damn money off this. So yeah. you you got to go for something that you can have a new patent on where they can monopolize the patent so they can make freaking money off of it. And also, if you have ivermectin available as a product that that um, when used outside of the authority, it, it cures the, the ailment, you have now legitimized the ailment itself mm -hmm. and you keep right. the entire paradigm going. It, it, if at any time people stopped like just stopped using the cures or stopped seeking medical advice or whatever and just said this is all bullshit it'd be gone it'd start to go away mm -hmm. and it'd, it'd be gone forever right yep. but you have people like um joe rogan come on and be like use the horse paste it works yeah and some people use it and because the disease isn't real to begin with it works and and heuristically people buy into that because they don't have time to go through it themselves or they're too afraid to mm -hmm. i didn't I didn't get a vaccine. I didn't take horse paste. I didn't do anything particularly special. I got a flu two times during those two years. And I haven't been, I think it, it didn't even have me down. I wouldn't even call it that. Every single person in my family has, has had a flu during the pandemic sure. and stuff. Nobody was on their deathbed. I'm really sorry for people who lost people. Right. I, and, and I don't know what to say that there was something, something made people sick. Right. Um, but there is there's been a lot of study about psychosomatic symptoms, you know, people thinking they're sick and becoming sick. Um, you know, like that happens too. extreme anxiety causes mm -hmm. people to become ill. And um, that I can I could talk about that, too. I'm sorry. I think I, I think I derailed whatever it was you were going to talk about. Oh, you're sorry. good. You're good. I don't Continue. even remember either. <laughs> uh, you you probably don't make a lot of friends on on the internet sometimes when you talk about this stuff, but you you made I had friends. To stop. Yeah, <laughs> you made friends with me. Um, so this is the the other one. This is Alex Jones. If you dabble in conspiracy theories at all, you've heard of Alex Jones. I don't. I think everybody starts with Alex Jones, and the deeper you get, you realize this guy's kind of. You even used the phrase controlled opposition earlier on, so I can say that because that's kind of a conspiracy theorist phrase. Right. This is a guy that's kind of made to make, I think, conspiracy theorists or people that actually question the narrative look like Alex Jones's. So, uh, but this was interesting, though, what he had to say here, and I want to know what your thoughts on this. And this one will get us kicked off for this. So, here, listen to this. Monkeypox pops up in more than 20 countries all over Europe, all over the US, all over, everywhere, where you have people taking AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca, and J&J, &J, ladies and gentlemen. 
I know I called that shit out like because what is AstraZeneca? What's that? The same thing. Well, we were I was talking about this like a year ago because these fucking things were developed off the Chad OX N1 TAC S with uh genome, which is the TAC S is simian. It comes mm -hmm. from a monkey, right? Yes. So their entire their entire cell line was grown off the Venmo, uh the Venmo monkey stuff or some other monkey culture. And that's what they were using to develop this this um mRNA packet of information that's supposed to, you know, somehow encode your cells to fight off infection and mm -hmm. yet aren't changing your cells genetically. I don't I don't <laughs> understand the there's no logic there either, but no. people don't even know enough to ask what those ask questions nobody wants to even ask questions it's too uncomfortable well, yeah. why would anyone do this to us why it doesn't make any sense well that or just the uh, straight fear of getting to platform like right. like i said this is the one that'll get us to platform for just saying this stuff hey um and alex jones goes on to say exactly that hey these were grown in monkeys or whatever mm -hmm. african monkeys and now we're injecting it i mean his his uh his theory that, hey, this just happens to be where they're taking AstraZeneca and this just happens. Well, that's everywhere. And you could say that right. about anything. Like somebody could come down with Ebola and you could be like, oh, they just happen to be taking aspirin there. Well, yeah, everybody fucking takes yeah, aspirin. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not the connection. But the connection, interesting connection that, um, and like you said, you called this out a year ago, that they did produce this or syn synthesize this in mm -hmm. African monkeys. That just kind of raises the question to... It should raise the uh, question. So let me let me just clarify something pretty quick for anyone actually listening and, and not shutting us off by now. Mm -hmm. But the um, <laughs> they're not actually grown in live monkeys, right? And that's something that most people don't even realize. So the the culture that they use is is derived from monkey tissues, but mm -hmm. it's not like an actual monkey. Okay, and that's already important. So presumably they take this, this information that's like a, um, you know, they take like a piece of a virus, which would have some sort of in information encoded in it. And they put it into this, this tissue that they've made themselves in like a little dish. And presumably it will infect those cells because those cells lack some sort of like, um, they're like they have like a chink in their armor, if you will, and they're more likely to be infected. I think, uh, if that's if I recall properly, I might not even. So Sounds once they get me. infected, then presumably they will begin replicating virus parts and expelling them, mm -hmm. right? Which is, which is, um, which is then captured when they it, they look in a, a microscope. Right. But they have to use an electron microscope because these are very, very small, mm -hmm. small particles. Right. And to use an electron microscope, they have to freeze the sample and slice it to be like 65 nanometers thick, mm -hmm. which is very, 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 very thin. Right. And um, once they have that tiny, that thin, real thin layer of inert sample, then they examine it with the microscope. Mm -hmm. So nothing's moving either. Nothing's alive when yeah, they look right, at right. it. And there's no telling what's coming or going. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to clarify all that because I feel like it's important information. <laughs> it is, yeah. and it's information that most people don't care about. They're like, oh, it's scientists' job to do all right. that stuff. I don't need to know that. It goes back to the Gavin Newsom. Or, yeah, or the amorphous blob right. that you were talking about at the beginning. It's like, that's somebody else's job. They're the experts. I, I 
you know, trust the, the experts. Trust, or that's what the government counts on, because then Gavin Newsom can be like, well, you don't need to know the science. Yeah, you, you want to understand, exactly. You pay people for that, yeah. Yes. Um, so all that stuff that uh, Alex Jones says, whether you agree with him or not, whether you like the man or not, I found this interesting, and the, this is a list of the currently released side effects of the Pfizer um whatever we call it, whether it's a vaccine or not. But this one I found interesting. This popped up on my feed today. Look at this. Look at this side effect. An autoimmune blistering disease is oh one my. of the side effects. Um, box. What does that look kind of like? Blisters, possibly? Autoimmune blistering. Right. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying, because I don't want to be deemed a medical misinformationalist, but... When one of the side effects possibly is an autoimmune blistering disease, and I mean, that's on rare occasion. Right. What are you talking, like maybe 100 total people out of the entire populace right. that took the vaccine? I mean, that's not very much. Yeah. That's pretty low. How many people <laughs> are, have come down with monkeypox? 80 to 100. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that's, that's what this is, but right. I can see where Alex Jones might be coming from on this. Right. So... Um, all that to say, there's a lot of crazy shit. And then we have China, a China influ national influencer, like a social media influencer, has come out and is saying that, jokingly, is what they're saying, um, that the U.S. is intentionally spreading monkeypox as retaliation for the U.S. saying oh, that China intentionally spread COVID-19. So, so there, that was the other conspiracy theory out there. So, out of all these, what do you? I, I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, do you think? Does part of you think there's a sinister plot here? Does part of you think it's just our screw ups because we like to play God and play science, or do you think it's all about the money? Like, at the end of the day, what is your, what is monkeypox to you? And you've kind of alluded to it, but but give us a. Give us a conclusion to what monkeypox is. I think monkeypox is is like somebody's rebranding of a, a made up disease because mm -hmm. it's it's that time, right? It's like, what are we going to re release a Western film this year or a space thriller, right? It, yes. You, you ever notice they re they release like two or three of the same films in, during the year? Yeah. Like, yeah. whatever. So it's. I think it's just uh, somebody has like a computer that tells them when the next pandemic is ready. Yeah, they've done their market one, research. Right, yeah. Yep. And then they've got their um, proprietary blends of of RNAs that you're not actually allowed to examine on your own because they're proprietary. Mm -hmm. And they've got the academic paradigm supporting them, the government paradigm supporting the academic and the state is just in control of everything. Sure. So all of the information people get is tainted. And it it doesn't matter if people like you and me know the truth, because for every one, well, for the three of us here, there are 150,000 other people that are like, no, -uh. uh -huh. right. right. And I, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I'm not going to go fight all those people. No, I mean, it. It, you can't. And that's just as draining as what we were talking about earlier as, um, uh, talking about like all the stuff that brings like letting the world bring you down with it but right. like trying to convince people that have already made up their minds right. or are stuck in this that hey just trust the science trust the trust the medical research yeah. 
uh, trust the experts, we're all in this together, those type people. Um, if you spent if you spend all the time that it would require to even maybe make them be like, huh, and then go back to still believing the same shit, man, right. you, you're lost. Yeah. I mean, that, that would freaking kill me. Yeah, you're better off. Oh, you're right. Just stay locked in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, yep, I'll right. get my own groceries. Yep. <laughs> so I, I think it's safe. I think it's safe personally to say that we are post-COVID now, post-COVID era. I mean, yeah. you still see... I still saw a person at the store today wearing a mask, and I, that blew oh, yeah. my freaking right. mind. Absolutely yeah. blew yep. my mind. Somebody yep. walking down the sidewalk wearing a mask today yeah. outside. Yep. But but I think for the most part, we're living post-COVID era. And um, whether we like it or not, I guess we we got to say that society as a whole has kind of changed. Well, yeah. the disease is endemic in that it's in people's minds, mm-hmm. and it will always exist for for. 30 or 40 or 50 more years for as long as the three of us are alive Mm -hmm. and our kids, there will be memories of it being real and they will, they will persist because Mm -hmm. they got, they got that message out. Did you you ever, uh, you guys know what the Mandela, Mandela effect is, right? Okay. Do you know, you're familiar with the Berenstain bear? Yep. Yes. Okay. So I did, um, I, I could swear to you both, uh, when I, before I did the research, that it was Berenstain or Berenstein with an E. Oh yeah, me too. Because I because I'd seen it that way, right? Yep. And we had this huge debate at my house, and my roommate brought up a book, and it clearly said Berenstain on it, and it was an original copy. I mean, mm-hmm. it was yellowed pages and everything. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get over it. I, it was freaking me out, and I couldn't let it rest. And I found, uh, I started poking through periodicals from old newspapers. Mm-hmm. They used to run a TV guide once a week in the newspaper, Yes, but it was all handled by Associated Press. So one typo, putting it in as Berenstein with an E in the newspaper, combined with the fact that people tuned in to watch a show and they didn't have recording devices of their own or playback features. And if they missed the opening title, they missed the spelling of it and it was in cursive. I think all of that, like people saw it in the newspaper and they remembered it with an E. And then 40 years later, whatever, 30 years later, there, there's this phenomenon, right? I, I think it's- that is the, that is the power of media. Yeah. It, it doesn't, one little thing is wrong and it's for real forever for millions of people. Right. And the more people we have that are influenced by it, the worse it becomes. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole division of, of like Facebook and I'm sure other apps that they have like a whole division that's dedicated to empowering third world countries to get online so that they can use right. their apps. Yeah. They're not even, it's not even about the app. It's about building internet infrastructure yeah. in those third world countries to get them online. Yeah. And so like they can brainwash that bothers them. It bothers me a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want to, I want away from it now. So I'm like doing the whole John Galt thing and just trying to get off the grid. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't blame you there. And uh, we got a couple, maybe four or five minutes before I want to get into a break. But um, how, like I said, like we were talking, society has completely changed. Whether we see it, whether we don't see it, whether it's for good or bad, it's changed. Um, on a personal level, on a societal level. But Justin, how did how has life changed for you between like pre-COVID 2019-ish to now 2022, post-COVID? And like, was that a voluntary changes, like choices you've made to live your life different? Or was that whether 
or was it uh, things that I'm were forced on you? I'm a real boy. You're a real, I'm a boy, real now. boy now. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened was uh, I freaked out because I thought the government was going to kill my family. Yes. Mm. And uh, I was one of those. You know? Oh, I was too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that put me into some dark headspace, and mm. I had to think really hard about where I was going to make my last stand and what that meant. Mm-hmm. because that means different things to different people. And I don't think we need to talk about that. Oh, I plan to dark talk. stuff, I but planned... I'm sure you've thought about it yourselves. I plan and, to get uh, into a little bit of that in the second half. Maybe not like super deep and super dark. We but... can, but I just, I'll just be, um, you know, polite with my language. Sure. It, you don't have to uh, either. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I just, I'm not a violent person mm-hmm. and I, and I, Obviously, I don't believe in initiating aggression. And I also know that there's a time and place for all things. And I was preparing myself for those times and places. Mm-hmm. And that is that's what corroded my overall Gentile demeanor. I mm-hmm. think Gentile said Gentile. <laughs> my, whatever it is. No, my overall. <clears throat> my, my non-circumcised demeanor. demeanor. <laughs> it is what it is. I said it. It's out there. So uh, I, I had to think about all that stuff. I made my decisions and I wouldn't change them. Mm-hmm. However, I'm no longer afraid. Right. I don't think that we're over this because I think that it's going to continue to to just be what it is like at this point i feel like government's sort of looting the coffers and this thing's on its way out but um maybe not maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's just the thing people believe when they're you know 40 year old anarchists and they they've had enough of government telling them what to do they're just sure. it's gonna ha- any day now the collapse yeah. is any right. fucking day i actually yes. believe that it could I, be any day oh we but, yeah, I, but I also am praying that it's not any day because right. i don't I don't want to be surprised at 2 a.m. I don't. That's right, going to piss right. me off. I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> yeah. Or like like you stayed up late working on a project. And you're just getting to bed and like 1.30 oh, it hits. And she's like, like, fuck, son of a bitch. I just got, laid no, five down. Minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> yes. So so um, what steps, I guess, um, as deep as you want to go, what steps did you make personally to kind of, because we talk about, we've talked, because we started this thing. June 2020, so it was just like right at the beginning of the lockdowns here in Iowa, at least. And um, so I guess what we've been talking since of become more self-sustaining, become more self-reliant, become more self-dependent. What steps did you take personally? You seem like the type that um, is a little more self-reliant than some other people that we talk to on the streets. I am more self-reliant. Yes. No, that was the goal. Yeah, we just wanted to build resilience because if war comes to your town, war comes to your town and you will just do what you got to do to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's a slow creeping death, which I feel like is more likely if, if anything is going to happen, it, it'll hit hardest in super urbanized areas. And ours isn't one of those. Mm-hmm. And, we're, yeah. and we're actually pretty far from the nearest one. So, uh, you know, not like far enough, but it would be slower for us. And, with that in mind, um, I just wanted to like have enough resources that I could feed my neighbors. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was my goal. I wanted them to know they were safe. I wa- I feel like if people know you're not going to be an issue, they will make one of two decisions. Mm-hmm. And if you have enough guns, they're not going to make the second one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fair. So it's fair. That, that's how we prepared ourselves. We 
started thinking about what kind of food can we produce ourselves and with the land that we have that also won't get us in trouble and what kind of things can we acquire that would help us barter later on. Mm -hmm. And we started taking steps in those directions, but to be a hundred percent honest, like I was saying, if it happens at 2 AM, I'm not going to be ready. You know, we're not there yet. So, but we're closer. Right. That feels better. But also I just, I, I don't have any reason to say this other than maybe um, hope it, but I don't, I just don't think that I'm going to see the end of the United States government in the next couple of years. Like some of my peers do. Right, I think right. it's going to take a lot longer. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but, it might get a lot uglier, but yeah. um, I, but I, we live I, in a very sheltered way. Like even, even people who don't have much have considerably more than others. Mm-hmm. And I've never been homeless. Right. And I have, I have not had to suffer a lot of the hardships other people have. So I don't want to be talking from up on a high horse or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have also um, have suffered some, and mm-hmm. I have a great imagination and I know it matters to me the most. And that's my kids suffering. Mm-hmm. I can't even handle it when they scrape their fucking knees. Sure. I don't know what I'm going to do when they're starving. Right. So I'm not going to let myself get there either. Mm-hmm. And I also, um, I got my faith and, and I was, that was the only other thing that I was going to say changed dramatically about me during the pandemic is that, uh, my, my faith in God became a lot stronger and mm-hmm. I, I believe a lot more in myself. Once you realize no one's coming to save you right. and that like, that's a no shitter. Yeah, I am on my own. Right. Nobody, not even family, is going to help me out. Yeah, you have to make the really hard choices, at least in your brain, mm-hmm. and get them made up there mm-hmm. so that you can make them with your hands later. Sure. Um, we're we're going to get into break here. Uh, we're well over the time for it. My last question, really quick, uh, because this is one I want to talk about in the second half. Has your trust in the government in the last two years has it lessened, or were you? Or I, I'm. <laughs> I guess no, it's increased. I'm all in. I, I was going to say, I, I think, it, I think it's safe to say that it hasn't increased based on talking to you, but did you always like have the same distrust or you do, do you trust them less now because of whatever steps they took in the last two years? I trust them about the same. Yeah. However, I dipped into a period where I, I trusted them far less. Like yeah. I really did think, that no 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 hold on i'm right so net net i would say i trust them far less because okay, okay. i really didn't think we would get to where we got mm-hmm. right? i didn't really think that would happen and yet it has happened and then and i think that did you know take some scales off my eyes and i looking at the different theaters of the globe as like if you believe that there's a there's a cabal or several cabals mm-hmm. running the show in various areas of the earth or what have you um they're set up and they're, they have like different timelines, but yeah. they're following kind of a, like a three ring act mm-hmm. and you've got, and I think that the only thing the United States has or is allowed to think it has is the guns. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But when you have president fuck fuck up there on stage talking about <laughs> F-15s and nukes, like yes. that's the reality of it. And right. Are you going to win the fight? No. And once you get there, it's kind of like, well, then why even bother thinking about fighting? Right. Just, be happy and grow to potatoes and shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. Protect Maybe that's your too own nihilistic. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I guess my personal, like, I don't feel like I've lost, I, like, I trust the government less because I don't feel like I trusted them at all to begin with. But I feel like 
I have a better understanding of what they are capable of and what what stops they'll pull out. And I don't think they've yeah. even come close to pull that. The scary part is they haven't pulled out all the stops yet. Right. So the things that they have done, you look at it and you're like, oh, I did not expect them to go there, and that makes me a little more like sketchy about them because knowing that they're not showing you their whole hand right, right. now, because this isn't the, as Bill Gates put the quote unquote, the big one yet, right. or, um, I mean, yeah, things got shitty, but things could get way shittier. And, yeah. um, just hearing like, like you said about Biden throwing like nukes and F whatever's out there. It's just like, wow, they, they really do have plenty of cards right. to pull out. So just, a better understanding of what the government is capable uh, capable of and what they w- the lengths they would go to to keep on the course that they are the trajectory mm-hmm. that they're on i guess that's what where my brain's gone in 2 years what about you i you know i for me it was trusting people less um just seeing how easily people like were manipulated mm-hmm. and then use that it is the closest to 1984 than i that i've seen yeah. in this country because the the court of public perception really got people, you know, you know, oh, I hope they, they're not looking at me because I don't have a mask sure. or, you know, right. what are people going to think about me because I, I don't have the vaccine or whatever, you know, and 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 you saw that, you know, people wouldn't want to go to the mall. Yeah, even you, if well, you didn't yeah. agree with masks, you still felt it. If you right. walked in, you forgot your mask. You're like, oh, I feel yeah. dirty or something. And, and then to talk to people when the vaccine came out and people like, oh, we haven't seen our grandkids in two years. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You were that scared. And, I mean, you're 90 yeah. years old and you could have died and you didn't want to see your kids. Right. I mean, it yeah. just blew my mind that people were that scared. Yeah. And faith me, in humanity got less. Right. But, but that the government could use that to manipulate people sure. so easily. That That's what bothered me. It's like, okay, not only can I not trust the government, but I can't trust my neighbor. Right. Well, we are well overdue for break. Um, we usually take four or five minutes and uh, refresh our drinks and do all that stuff and catch our breath. Um, what are does you, the audience do? Uh, they, they <laughs> listen to nice music. Yeah, we play we play some cool music. Some some. Uh, don't go anywhere, guys. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Listen to this like angsty two thousands pop punk music that we're about to play. Uh, Justin, if you're up for it, we got. I got. I want to get into like I said the lack of trust in the government and like the level I'll talk of about that all day. Well, <laughs> I mean, we can go for hours with the the things that I want to talk about in the second half. So when we come back, we're going to talk about like the society of compliance, trust or lack of trust in the government, this whole kind of post uh, COVID era leading into the, the big one, I guess we could call it. So yeah. um, like I said, four or five minutes, we'll be right back. Justin, um, do whatever you got to do and we'll see you in just a couple minutes. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real but actually are, go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. 
Hey everybody, I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast, that is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. And we are back with Justin Lightheart. Hang on, Justin. Let me kill the music again. This is Justin Lightheart. He has been our guest for the last hour plus, well over an hour. I like to say the first hour, but it's never an hour. It's yeah. usually like an hour and a half, the first half. Yeah. Um, Justin, we got still got you here? Yeah. Okay, okay we, we got you. All right. So, I, I guess I asked you right at the end of the first half, I asked all of us, um, has our trust in the government lessened in the last two years, or has it um, stayed the same? I, I think it's safe to say, n- at least in our sphere, the trust in the government hasn't gone up, yeah. but um, has yeah. it stayed on the same level, or has it decreased? And we, we gave our answers for that. Yeah. And, um Basically, I, I want to talk about, like, society or, like, the U.S. society's um, uh, trust in the government and, and how society has changed as, in a, as a whole when it comes to uh, the last two years because of COVID and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people have changed not necessarily their beliefs, but maybe their responses because of, like, fear of getting deplatformed, that, that fear of like getting cut off from family members right. like you you both talked about or cut off from friends and it's like I, I just don't want I don't want to go through that I have too much to lose and just the fear of getting deplatformed we saw the power of social media and the power that right so they have over your life because I mean the world revolves around social media right now especially if you have like a business or something if you get kicked off of social right. media where like 80% of your business runs yeah. then then you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. So you got you saw doctors who practices were closed down, who yeah. you know were wiped from Google or whatever. So I mean, yeah, it just just people's lives getting upended just mm-hmm. because of their personal people beliefs. Fired. So even even if people didn't like change their beliefs, or even if they didn't believe like the mainstream narrative, a lot of them kept their mouths shut because they of this fear of um, getting uh, that stigma put on them. Right. And um, I don't know how how. Do you see that in a lot of people that you knew? Did you see people getting kicked off, or at least, or even just shutting their own mouths because um, they were afraid of getting kicked off, Justin? Yeah, we had people that were afraid to speak out about, like, in the workplace or uh, mm-hmm. among their friends and family outside of us. The one that pushed. A lot of people off the fence when it came to compliance or non-compliance was the the threats to their job, like when yeah. uh, when the government came out and said, "Hey, if, oh, yeah. if your company has over whatever eighty employees, right. OSHA's going to um, come in. OSHA's going to crack down. You're yeah. going to get fired." I mean, companies rolled over oh, yeah. like bitches yeah. and yeah. Yep. implemented their own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
like policies yeah. even before because this this bill never got passed. No, it never became yeah. a thing. Just the fear of it was enough to get companies to yeah hospitals yeah. hospitals that are supposedly yeah. overcrowded just laid off like a third of their staff. Right. Um, we're in the middle of like a, a hiring crisis, like a, yeah. an employee shortage, and we're laying off right. a third of our staff because people. And so I think that fear alone was what pushed a, a lot of people that were like, "Yeah, I don't really." think this is a thing and i don't think i'm going to buy into this and then all of a sudden the job fear came up right. and it's just like well i gotta get vaccinated or i'll lose yeah. my job or i gotta yeah, yeah i yeah. you know i gotta follow these rules or i'll lose my job and yeah. i mean that's somebody's life that's somebody's well-being right. there and, and, I, and well and people on the other side were merciless i mean they're mm -hmm. like well if they want to get food you know then they'll get the vaccine you know mm -hmm. if they want to if they want to keep their livelihood well then they'll get the vaccine you know and it was just ridiculous yeah and so so you had like people hard on one side and then hard on the other and they did a pretty damn good job of pushing people mm -hmm. towards the one side and fortunately for us, we worked for a company that didn't ever implement anything like right. that, and yeah. we didn't have 80 employees right. even close, yeah. so that never was an issue. Did uh, I don't know what you do for a living at all. Um, did that affect you in any way with your with your job? I, I want to say uh, locally, we did not see any of the light, the, I guess, the, the shit talking um, that people were purportedly doing in other parts of the country. I know it was happening, but I think it was happening on a much smaller scale. And it's just those things get elevated when they make the headlines mm -hmm. and, or someone snaps a video of this person slapping that person or this soundbite there, or, you know, so-and-so trying to enforce the rules at target. And I don't know. I don't know if like if it matters, but for us locally, I was still going into the stores without wearing a mask mm -hmm. because there were stores that just were looking the other way. Right. They didn't mm -hmm. care because yeah. uh, the bottom line is the bottom line and they wanted my business. Mm -hmm. So if they were more interested in it, they would have had a guard at the door saying, no, you absolutely cannot come in. And there were a couple of businesses that excluded me because I didn't have a mask and I was unwilling to wear one. And I just didn't go back there. Right. And I probably won't ever go back there because I'm like, fuck you then. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know what to say. We don't, one of the biggest problems with social media isn't, isn't the censorship at all. It's, it's literally it's, it's primary function. And that is interconnectedness in a virtual space mm -hmm. because that virtual space doesn't actually exist. Right. right? Your friends with somebody in Chicago doesn't mean shit when you're starving in in somewhere that's not Chicago. Right. So like you can bitch and moan all you want and you all your friends can give you heart emojis, but there's no one feeding your dog for you when you have to like leave the state to go to work because that's where the work is. And, you know, people there's like no neighborliness in real time, real mm -hmm. space anymore. Right. And that's embarrassing. I'm kind of embarrassed on our on our behalf as a nation if you will of people myself included i had i had a whole neighbor that i that i disliked and um another whole neighbor that i also disliked and so i didn't commune with them at all you know right they unfortunately were also the type of people that would have turned me in for <laughs> doing things and so i didn't want to know them i mean i had my own good reasons right yeah. freedom of association 
And so I chose not to associate, but I should, I should try harder. I think, I mean, we could find common ground and when it comes sure. down to it, I really don't want someone to starve. Right. I really don't want to. When I say that, it's like, that shit's real. Yeah. It's over between us, but I would, I would feed a, a person if they came to my door asking for, if I only had potatoes, I'd be like, this is all I got, but you can have it because I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. If people just knew that they had neighbors that felt that way because they themselves also felt that way, then, then things would be a lot better and mm -hmm. there'd be a lot less fear. You know, mm -hmm. the fear sets in because people know deep down, they don't have a soul to depend on. Right. They know that. Yeah. Like there's, there's no one they can call their family is too far away or too strapped for cash or there's not enough room. I just talked to a guy the other day is what his mom is poor as fuck. Excuse my language. And she's supposed to move in with him and she's older, you know, and she just fell and broke her leg. And he's like, there's no room in my house for a wheelchair. Hmm. I don't know how I'm supposed to get her to the toilet. And lit literally like there are no other options. What hmm. do you do in that situation? You don't have anybody else. Right. But, but we're like hell bent on kicking the kids out at 18 and like, don't ever come back. You know, it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, insane. And I, I'm the same way. I have a neighbor on one side that he's never said a kind word to me. The guy, um, and I, I mean, I haven't done a lot to reach out to them either because everything that's come out is just like a bitch fest. Um, but I knew from the start that this, these neighbors were something else other than my kind of people because um, the week after I moved in, it snowed. It was like two days after it snowed, and I shoveled the sidewalks, and I shoveled all the way down to his drive, which is, I mean, it's 20 feet from my driveway. Who cares? The next day, he gets out, and I, I didn't have a snowblower. I'm, I'm shoveling, like, breaking my back. I out of, Just out of courtesy, I'm shoveling this section of sidewalk. I might as well continue the last 10 feet. Right. The next day, it snows again. He brings out his snowblower before... Um, before I had a chance to get out, he snow blows to his property line and leaves the rest. And I'm just like, oh, I guess that's how this is going to be. Okay, whatever. Well, then in, in the summer, it got worse. Like, apparently I missed a strip mowing, and he mowed his yard the next day, and he left, like, a half of a strip on my property line <laughs> instead of just turning the mower one more time and mowing right. over. I'm just like, dude, what is wrong with this guy? And yeah. then just last week... um, we had a vehicle broke down that's been sitting in on in front of our property, but it's close to their property line. They called the police and reported this car had been sitting there for a week, and we got uh, tagged for it. I'm just uh, like, they they are definitely one of those guys. And I'm like, dude, I could yeah. I could I could make his life hell if I wanted because I smell I see him out on his back porch and I smell weed every time he's out on the back porch. I could make his life hell, but I I don't give two shits. Yeah. Don't and, do it. Don't well, that's what it. I'm saying. Even if I did care, yeah. Even if I was like solely against weed, which mm -hmm. I'm not, um, there's no, I would not call the cops on a guy that was standing on his own back porch right. smoking weed. But it's not, it's not the other way around, and it's just yeah. that whole like the lack of neighborliness. Yeah. If, I guess if that's a word, yeah, uh, that you're talking about. That I mean, that's just becoming the new like. But it sounds to me like, and don't take this as like conviction, right? Mm -hmm. But it sounds to me like your part in that well, I'm is sure that you that you haven't actually asked him what his expectations are for mowing and snow and snow blowing because yeah. maybe he's trying to respect you because and he's socially awkward, right? I mean that's fair. so uh, and that like and then calling back to that the drama triangle mentality, 
um, you are unfortunately being the victim here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm, dude, I'm trying, I'm trying not to call you out. I even no, like no, in my head, I was debating, you're, should you're I bring fine. this up? But it's, per- it's a perfect way to kind of encapsulate that whole mental model. Um, you said it yourself. So you acknowledged it, that the possibility that you haven't done your part. Mm-hmm. So um, that's validating for you because now you're hearing me say that that's true. And then, uh, but if you go talk to them and you just say, Hey, I noticed that you have a snowblower. How about um, we trade like you snowblow the walk and I'll know like you're half of the art or something. Like, I don't sure. know what your arrangement might be. But right. That's just an example that I could come up with. Yeah. Right. And then he might be totally into that because he fucking hates mowing and it hurts mm. his allergies, but he loves snowblowing. And so, and then you guys would be like solved forever. Right. But if you never have that conversation and I think um, instead, probably he's on Facebook bitching about how you don't mow your gla- grass all the way and his wife won't let you go talk to him because she's weird like that. Right. Oh, no, she, <laughs> she would like, come out and just... she's one that comes out and yells at our kids for stupid oh. stuff. So she, I mean, they're very, and then there's that, you know, yeah. like, I don't have the whole story. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> Some people are it. just dicks. Yeah. That, she <laughs> is a dick. I don't know about him. I, like I said, I haven't talked to him much, but she <sighs> is a straight dick. And so she and, may be the one and be like, you better call the police that vehicles yeah, has him. Or you better not mow his strip of grass yeah. again. Do not touch that strip. <laughs> you were out here for 25 <laughs> extra seconds. <laughs> So, so getting back to the COVID stuff, because that's where this came from, was like the kind of where we are as society. Um, getting back to the, the post-COVID mentality, um, I, I, I know we got we to gotta move along because I've got plenty of topics I want to cover here. So if I cut you We're off, I'm fine. sorry. Um, We're doing fine. Do you think, because leading into whether it's monkeypox or whatever, the the experts are saying that the big one is coming. We know the big one's coming, whether that's monkeypox or something else. Um, do you think after two years of COVID, like the blinders are off for people and a lot of people are going to be like, you know, fuck that. We're not. And by the way, let me preface. I should preface at the beginning of the show. Say whatever swear words you want to on the show. We don't care because yeah. we do it ourselves. Um, do you think more people are going to be like, you know, what? fuck that. We're not locking down again. We're not. We're not going to mask up again. We're not going to go shut down our businesses again because we right. can't survive. Or do you think, and I, I'd like to feel like more people, because that's our mentality. Right? Right. Our mentality yeah. is, hell no, we're not yeah. going to do this again. But I fear more people, whether they agree with it or not, <clears throat> whether they agreed with lockdowns or masks, they're going to have this mentality of, Oh God, here we go again. Let's get this done and over with. Let's all do this so we can get right. through this. Yeah. Um, what, what was it? Three? What was it? Three weeks to the shutdown or to three, flatten the line to flatten the curve? Yeah. yeah, right. So, where do you think society is as far as a response to the big one or the next? Because I, I, I feel and I fear that we are kind of in an age of pandemia right now, where they're just going to keep throwing. Like you said, they're they're going to keep popping this up because they know it works. What do you think society is in their response right now? Wherever they want it to be, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I I honestly feel like it's it's pretty well just like that. There will be um, there's obviously <clears throat> algorithms monitoring the internet to siphon to let to censor some content, right? Somebody puts that in there. It's just as likely that there's other content that gets boosted for other reasons. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. All that stuff aside, um, people people have been conditioned and kind of primed to believe that all of this is real, 
And there's a lot of them still that still believe it's real. And uh, because people that they know have gotten sick with symptoms that are somehow identical to the COVID symptoms um, and the common flu symptoms and, you know, like all of the other respiratory disease symptoms. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's just enough, there's just enough nuggets of truth in this and that. And there's so much speculation and conjecture in the public sector that, that people are, they don't know what to believe. And so they're really going to go with what fits them the best. Mm -hmm. Right. And what that really means is you're being led where, wherever it is, they want you to go. Yeah. That's where you're going. That's right. what that means. You're getting in the rail car and it's metaphorical, but that's what it is. You're, you are now only shopping at places wearing a mask mm -hmm. or you're not shopping at all. Like that's, I don't know what else to call that. It's a rail car of a different color. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But that, yeah. So uh, I think the best thing people could do probably at this point is unplug as much as possible from the mainstream information systems and then build resilience on their own. That's, exceptionally tough for people in cities i don't i do not i do not know what to offer people in that situation i don't and i i'm sorry i don't have all the answers or or even a fraction of the answers i don't i i'm very blessed to be in the position that i'm in and even i was feeling the heat last year yeah right? and i was like going out of my mind about it and i'm and i'm in a in an okay position i'm like more likely to survive than some other people Right. but nowhere near where I wanted to be. Right. Sure. And then I realized when it comes down to it, you never actually feel all the way prepared. That's right. like, that's a mental state of whether or yeah. not you're happy with your life or you think you should be immortal. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, do you think there are people out there that what, that aren't just the sheep that are following and uh, believing everything. But like I said, they're like, kind of had that defeatist like defeated mentality like like for example say say you're walking down the road and four dudes come and jump you and beat the hell out of you you're gonna fight like hell to not get your ass kicked but in the end you're gonna get your ass kicked and you're gonna get your ass kicked good well let's say those four dudes come back to kick your ass again you're probably not going to put up as much of, of, of a fight. You're going to just be in this defeated mindset of, well, here we go again. Let's get this done and over with. Do you think there's people like that, that if if another thing hits like right now, another pandemic hits right now, they're just like, you know what? Just get it done and over with. Let's, let, let's just do this, whatever, lockdowns, whatever, uh, mass, do, do what you got to do. I think it's bullshit, but just do what you got to do. Do you think there's people like that out there or do you think it's more of – uh, the people that are just going to follow the me media blindly. I think to hold hold true to that analogy, uh, that gang of, of dudes, it's more likely the next time you saw them, you'd run immediately, mm -hmm. right? There wouldn't be any, they'd have to really surprise you the next time yeah, mm -hmm. because you're out of there or you're going to be better armed. Well, I'm know? saying like, say they walk down the road and they're like, wait, we want a little more. And you're like laying in a, a bloody heap and they come back and they're like, hey, we're going to do this again. And you're like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> that that kind of minds. Because we haven't had time yeah, we necessarily haven't. to. Everybody's fatigued from the first round. And, mm -hmm. if, and now like we're making fun of it because that's all we can do. Like, right. like you're saying, maybe and and um, I have maybe considered the fact that my my newfound resolve 
comes from that that mindset like i can't actually do anything so i'm gonna, just gonna sit here and take it mm-hmm. and i i'll bet there are people that would criticize me for that like you're not even gonna try to fight well no man because they're I'm already threatened us with nukes. all yeah, right. all of my energy trying to think of ways to defeat what you commonly refer to as the omnipotent state right if it's omnipotent what's the fucking point right mm-hmm. and we all we all Oh, I got frozen. We all live on the on the Death Star is something uh, a friend of mine used to say. You mm. like you're you're on it. You're not getting off of it and you have to do your job still or you don't eat. And so like in some fashion, every one of us is supporting the the predator class that <laughs> rules over us because we're not actively fighting them. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it takes. You have to like literally say, okay, my life as I wanted it to be is now over. And now I am actively against them and all in, or you get to be happy and do what you want as mm-hmm. much as possible. And like, even if that's following some of the rules, some of the time or all of the rules, all of the time in your brain, you have to make that, you have to make that right. So yeah, I think um, I might be mixing up my messages some, and that's because ultimately I do sort of seesaw back and forth between feeling like, fuck this, I'm not going to take it anymore and I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to torch things. And Mm -hmm. the other one is no, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Right. And have, and have grace for your aggressors and like, okay, man, but, but that's hard. And I don't want my cheek really hard. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, for me, my line is my children, Mm -hmm. right? I want them to to live as happily as possible, and if I can provide that for them, I'm going to do what I need to, you know. And if something were to happen where they endanger my children or take my children, well, then that changes the whole game. Yes, like like I can take blows all day long, but exactly when it comes to my kids, I'm not like you can talk shit about me all you want. I'm not going to do a damn thing about it. I'm just going to laugh it off, right? But if you start talking shit about my kids, then I take that a little more personally right. than Absolutely. when you talk about myself. And it same thing with like more so when it comes to physical yeah. physical things. So um <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about compliance because you you were talking about um uh, do you follow the rules, do you not follow the rules? So let's talk about compliance. Do you think society as a whole trusts the government? No, they say so all the time. Every single person who says they trust the government's fucking lying. Mm-hmm. All of them are lying. They're saying that either because they work for the government and they have to, or they're saying that because they want you to believe also because they work for the government, they want you to believe that they do, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's all, that's all deceitful behavior. Right. Yeah. Um, or they, they plainly don't. And they say so all the time because they'll be like, you know, we have taxes so that someone will fix the roads and then they bitch about the roads not being fixed mm-hmm. all the time. And there's the cognitive dissonance there exists because they are being forced literally to live in a reality that's not that doesn't jive with what they're being told. We're literally being gaslit a hundred percent of the time by the government saying we are your benefactor when in fact the only thing that they do is is force. And, and we know inherently, like in our hearts, that force is immoral and wrong. Mm-hmm. You just can't get away from that. You can't deny that truth. And you mm-hmm. can't escape it. You can rationalize it a thousand different ways. If you're a sociopath, you can enjoy it. But the fact is, you it's wrong. And we know that. And, and we're forced to live that way. Sure. So we have to make it right somehow or we go insane. 
It's interesting you you brought up the cognitive dissonance because um, I got right here. It says Pew Research suggests only 2% say that they fully 100% trust the government, the federal government, to do what is right most of the time. That's not, I guess, not even 100%, but most of the time. Only 2% trust the federal government to do what is right most of the time. However, when it comes to, like, COVID measures— Uh, Let's look at those numbers, because polls back in 2020 said a majority of Americans, 8 and 10, said strict shelter-in-place or lockdown guidelines were worth it to keep people safe. And only about 20% of Americans said shelter-in-place or lockdown measures—that's a nice way of saying lockdowns— were an unnecessary burden and caused more harm than good. So only 2% say they trust the government, but 80% say— that, oh, this uh, shutting down our businesses that we've worked our entire yeah. lives to create, um, putting them on the line, potentially closing for good, which, yeah. what was it, like 60% of small businesses right. closed yeah. in 2020? Only 20% of people said lockdowns caused more harm than good. So how do you how do you justify those numbers, that 2% trust the government, but 80% are like, when, you know, when, this is a good idea. When was this article written? I think 2020 is what it was. What what month? Uh, April of 2020. So right so when So I would it say it was too early to tell. I think you get into like June, July, that would change a lot. Well, let's look at let's look at mask laws. Uh, a person's political affiliation, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. It says support for mask requirements, which... We know was very inconsistent science. We right. know didn't have a lot of backing, like actual proof backing that that actually did anything. Support for the mask requirement was consistent at state and federal levels with 69% and 68% of backing states. So that's on both sides of the party, Republicans and Democrats. 69% of one and 68% uh, backed state and federal officials to institute mask requirements in public settings, mm-hmm. respectively. So back to that 2% and that cognitive dissonance you were talking about. Nobody trusts the government, but when it comes to these strict measures that um, didn't really have a lot of uh, actual scientific backing, people are like, oh, yeah, that's a freaking great idea. What do you, what do you think about that? Oh, man. <laughs> I, for one thing, I do not really put a lot of like trust or faith into statistics anymore i don't either but so I, easily cherry picked and manipulated and i also unfortunately if you're going to have like a meaningful conversation that's data centric then i guess you got to do what you got to do mm-hmm. um so i just thought it was interesting the dichotomy between the two yeah no we yeah. don't trust the government but the government says right. hey you got to do this and you're like oh yeah that's a fucking great right. idea it's- so your average person though that that distrusts the government for other things like well they can't fucking fix the roads but that's because blah 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 but the guys who are calling the shots at the fda know what they're in the cdc know what they're talking about mm-hmm. right and it's just kind of that there are different tiers of government that's probably even that two percent that says well they get it right most of the time mm-hmm. they're even acknowledging that there are branches of the government that underperform you know and yeah that's because at a base level, everybody understands that government is not this mystical power. It's just people, right? With mm-hmm. like funny yeah. hats. Yeah. That's it. They just guys wearing different hats. And then they're telling you what to do, which literally means like you have all the power because you can just say no. 
And that's what we're talking about here. But again, that's an inconvenient thing because the fear of going to prison and having your life end. I've never been to prison, but every story I've heard is that it's a terrible place to be. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't imagine there being prisons where like everybody gets along, but I (laughs) fucking know they're out there. Like they have to, there have to be prisons where everybody's pretty much cool. Right. Like, like we all just play dice and stuff and like <laughs> and, sh- and share and share yeah. stories about our childhood and we know we're getting out in 90 days but i don't know it's enough to keep people afraid and um and that and that's it man that legacy of yours the ego and like the need to go on that is what that is literally the difference it, right now between who i was then and who i am today is that today i'm already okay with who i've been and the life i've had so far and i trust i trust my god i have my faith right and i've done everything i can do and i continue to every day do what i can to to empower my children to be like uh to understand why i have the values that i do Mm -hmm. so that they can make an informed decision when they're adults and if um if we get separated somehow then i've I've done the best i can that's what Mm -hmm. i can do yeah, so. that's what that's what really matters is protecting you and yours, which is your yeah. family and your your close those closest to you. Because, like you said, I mean, you can fight to the death, and how much is that going to accomplish? But if you're specifically focused on, hey, I'm going to protect this sphere. This is my sphere here, and I'm mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do what I got to to protect that. Well, if enough people did what they got to to protect their spheres, then maybe we come out on top of this at the end of the day. Uh, but if everybody is like hell bent on, hey, we're going to take up arms and fight the federal government, yeah, we're probably going to yeah. get right. We're probably yeah, exactly. So, um. We'll end up on Jay Leno, at the least. <laughs> yes, with... that's a nightmare. Um, I saw another article that said, back to uh, trust or mistrust in the government, and this article was specifically about the majority of people say they don't trust the government, but the majority of those people are dependent on the government, whether that be welfare programs or, or whatnot. Um, they... uh, so that's confirmation bias? Like yeah. they don't trust the government because they're dependent on the government? Well, and the government screwed them over somehow. No, well, it's just no. It was just saying, hey, this is an interesting fact. Yeah, like ninety-eight percent of the people say they don't trust the government, but they they do trust the government to right. like survive. Yeah. They're tr- yeah. entrusting the government with their own right. personal survival. And if and it was just kind of like, well, like what's going on here? Yeah. Why is this? And, like, and I was going to bring that up earlier when you were talking because my my neighbor at the time was yes, he was he was on disability. And he would also be the first person to tell you he doesn't trust the government and would not get the vaccine mm-hmm. because you can't the government can't be trusted. But again, depended on them mm-hmm. to survive. But I think the government has and that's a lot of this has been and we've been talking about this for two years. A lot of this has been putting us trying to push us into a more government dependent society yeah. what when it comes to like the PPP to keep your business open or the the stimulus checks to keep you like afloat, right. um, keep you like the monthly child tax credits. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, just dangling that carrot in front of you. So, like, how many people were like, "Well, we're getting a stimulus check. I'm going <laughs> to quit Excuse my me. job now because right. I got a freaking know, right? five thousand dollars stimulus check." It's like, how long is that <laughs> right. going to get you through? Yeah, right. And then when that runs out, what are you going to do? You're going to stick your hand back out for more. But those are probably the same people that are like, oh, "I don't trust the Fight government to save my life." Yeah. 
Yeah, we had a we we got the minimum wage raised up to fifteen dollars an hour effectively mm-hmm. because like McDonald's will do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. the pandemic like wipes out your workforce and you need to hire right. them back. And and so you just push that narrative like we need more for the and bam, there goes the middle, another chunk taken out of the middle class. It's yeah. just like and I'm not a classist at yeah. all, except that I am. I don't know if you read the post, the post I put up on Facebook the other day, but um I, I think that I don't want things to be fair because I know they're not already. I just mm. want I just want me to be able to prove myself on my own merit. Yeah. And that includes working with people. And I know what's in my heart, but nothing but good things. Mm. I don't want to see people fail. Right. But I know people will choose to fail. Some people will yeah. choose to fail. Sure. And um yeah. and you can't save those people. And so you just let them fail over there in the corner. Right. right? Like somewhere over there yeah. where the, where they're not using up all the good stuff. Yeah. And then um and I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And yeah. so so when I say another chunk taken out of the middle class, I really mean they're taking more of my shit because yeah. I now have to pay more for stuff because now that McDonald's is paying you $15 to flip my burger, it's going to cost me $35 more to feed my fucking family. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to pay $1.25 for every packet of, of spicy mustard that I want. You know, which, <laughs> yes. Like they'll find some other reason to jack up the price. Right. Well, they're not going to tax the middle class at anybody four hundred thousand dollars or lower. There's no tax rates, but they're just going to raise everything else on you because um, everything got more expensive. Um, another article I, I had seen the headline for when I was just kind of briefing through some of this stuff about mistrust in the government. And you're like you said, you're not going to get all the numbers straight because they're going to have they're going to cook it. They're going to say what they want. They're going to show you the numbers they want you to see. But this article was from the San Diego Union Tribune, and it, the title of it was "Democracy in Peril as Distrust in the Government is Weaponized." And so my democracy. Oh no. My question was, is it? The weaponization of the distrust in the government that's the threat to democracy, or is it the fact that we can't fucking trust our government that's a threat to democracy? It's like, um, we you better blindly trust the government or you are a direct threat to democracy. And how many times in the last two years have they thrown out the phrase the the gravest threat to democracy between right. between Trump's election, between yeah. uh, uh the pandemic or yeah. uh white supremacists or what what have you? I mean that that's I mean that's the yeah, it's been the buzzword. The gravest threat out there is a, a a threat to democracy. So what do you think of that headline? I think that I I often wonder who the target demographic is for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is like it's for the useful idiots mm-hmm. to keep on justifying them their existence, right? Because if some amorphous blob that gets paid a lot to make that decision says that you're in the right and your and your actions are righteous because because you know i said so mm-hmm. then you can go persecute people on its behalf or keep doing your job and supporting it and um even even when they ask for more and more and they're just sucking you dry like mm-hmm. oh we're in a war effort now so everybody's expected to work triple shifts or whatever like right. i don't you know, stupid stuff like that. Meanwhile, you know, the politicians are like having music festivals in a war zone. So <laughs> right. it, Bono's singing and Hillary Clinton's there or whoever. Yeah. yeah. We're getting shelled, but fuck it. Put your lighters up. Yeah. So, so the, I, I don't know. It, I think that 
I think that it's a big uh, messed up mess. And I'm not surprised that people have to justify, like they have to rationalize it somehow. And they, they have to believe in the government in that like they they've been trained to believe that the government's necessary in some form mm -hmm. that's why the, the constant need for voting and for reform right. and it, it makes sense to listen to a, a person's platform because obviously change is needed things suck right now and they always have and we need to fix it and people just don't get like on the on the most basic level that they don't need the government like the government's pulling a scam it's mm -hmm. a scam yeah you don't need them but that's not what your training says and yeah, that was probably due to like them killing all of the able-bodied, independent-thinking people during the world wars, yeah. and then you know the orphans when when the widows had to go to work, then the orphans were being raised by some surrogate who believed in the state, and and then you know it's been that way every generation since. Yeah, everybody's time has been monopolized, and their kids are in indoctrination camps, like we all know. Mm -hmm. It's uh. I don't know. Nobody's. I don't. I, don't, I think I'm complaining a lot right now. I'm no, sorry. that's good. Did I that's miss fine. the original? That's, that's no problem. Um, I guess uh, in line with like non-compliance and stuff, what percentage do you think? Oh. What 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 percentage of the population would turn in their their family or their friends or their neighbors or what have you? Like like I said, I have a neighbor that turned in my vehicle for being. Right. broke down in front what, what percentage do you think i i'm sure everybody here would say i would never do that but what percentage do you think actually would if somebody came up to them and was like your life's on the line or um i'm gonna throw you in jail unless you turn in this like five neighbors what percentage do you think turns in their neighbors man i don't know but i hope it's I hope it's not many like for you, it's like significantly higher. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's the interesting part about statistics. Like we're out, we are all actually outliers. We just don't realize it. Mm. We're trying to be a part of a group. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's very few. It's just that the ones you're going to hear about those because they're going to impact people the hardest, mm -hmm. right. like, like on the, on the one side, people are like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. And the other side, like, Oh, fuck you. And like it, every time someone does take an action like that, it gets sensationalized and it, it probably should be, it's just in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. like those people pro should probably be publicly shamed for like mm -hmm. making such a big deal about it. But mm -hmm. when you, I don't know, you have so many people afraid for their lives and they're, they think they're doing the right thing to protect their kid or their grandmother or whatever. And right. like my, my middle kid is, um, she's a, she's a cardiac patient when she was five months old, she had heart surgery. And we were told for a long time that, that she would have like, um, that her immune system was compromised. And mm. so I always had like, had this expectation for like a decade that, and she's 13 now, right. Going on 14. And she was, I had, she has this, I had this expectation that she was going to um, be sickly or something. Right. She's got a, a robust immune system. It's uh -huh. great. Right. Mm. But I was told that, so I would keep seeking, the right. guidance and the help and like keep those heart those heart surgeons um or or doctors employed and stuff and and unfortunately there's such a a built up like in the in the public eye if i don't continue taking my kid to checkups i am doing her a disservice and i'm being negligent and i'm harming her potentially mm -hmm. like that's how that's how deeply steeped we are in that mythos that 
these academics have all the answers. These fucking guys don't know shit. Right. That my kid's heart condition is supposedly so rare it affects like one out of two hundred fifty thousand births. Mm -hmm. Like, where does that number come from? Right. Who's right. keeping track really? Counting. Uh, if <laughs> there are no autopsies being done because when parents are bereaved, they typically don't want their kid opened up for medical science. Right. Right. So there are a lot of like things that could be happening inside that lead to a child dying that are never diagnosed or whatever. And so, uh, I, whatever, but they, they did have a way to correct her heart and, and fix it. And then like God saved your life nine times after that, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was just like people being in the right place, at the right time. And, and you hear all the stories and you're like, wow, that's, those are miracles. But, um, she's, she's so healthy and I don't see a need to, to take her. She, she doesn't get vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. But they had people, there are other people like me who have kids like her who are like trying to put bubbles around her and right. say, you know, like you got to mask your kids or my kid's going to die. Mm -hmm. Like, well, why is your, your kid isn't more important than my kid though. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just going to say it right back to you, dickhead. You don't know <laughs> my kid's more important than your kid and we'll fight about it. <laughs> And we can't act like that either. We have to try to find solutions. So right, right, my right. solution was stop associating with with maniacs. Yeah. And our circle got a lot smaller. No, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I think in your best interest, still... you got to do that. Yeah. Like, again, that whole don't be drugged down with society. Don't be drugged down with with the world that's being drugged down. Um, if you want to live a fulfilling life, uh, you got to disassociate yourself, whether you want to or not. I mean, some people do it for you. Like I said, some people are just like, oh, you disagreed with me, blocked. And it's just like, well, yeah. you probably did me a favor, spared right. me a really uncomfortable yeah. conversation yeah. And, <laughs> of saying, hey, I, I don't want to come around anymore. Yeah. But um, uh, I think you got to, you got to step away from some of that stuff or some of those people and you got to, cut them off because they'll they'll just drag you down mentally with with it so um i got to, to get to know this guy over the course of like two months mm -hmm. and i would just go like basically have water cooler talk right right excuse me and um and and i like him just fine we have a lot of common interests uh he's he likes outdoor activities in a similar fashion that i do he's a little more outdoorsy than i am video games he similar um you know hollywood shit and I thought we were on the same page with the COVID thing because of his reaction about masking mm -hmm. at, in a conversation we had. And I wanted it so badly that I went all in. Right. And I was like, I'm okay. I'm going to develop a friendship because I have an opportunity here and I like this guy just fine. And like, I need more like male companion friends because I have zero, right? Like right. COVID trimmed some fat and then like really strengthened other relationships. But whatever i'm just trying to make friends where i go mm -hmm. and then one day he lets out that he hadn't seen his wife and daughter in two weeks because they've been quarantined in the other end of the house the and i'm like oh damn it i missed another one like i i've now i have to figure out a way to just not be this guy's friend and feel good about it <laughs> you know? how do i have that conversation like sorry yeah. this isn't working out it's not me you it's me yeah <laughs> yeah so um, i'm just not that into you yes <laughs> yeah um i wanted to bring up because you had kind of said um talked about it a little in the first half i want to talk about your line before we get out of here um what's your line of non-compliance i guess because whether you like the government or not, because we've come to the conclusion, 
Some people like the government way more than other people, but whether you trust them, don't trust them, like them, you want small government, you want big government, and a lot of ways we just live with the laws because it's not worth the fight. Like, we license our car even though we think, like, I think it's safe to say the three of us think it's bullshit that I got to pay for this car and then I got to go pay the government to get this piece of metal to put on my car to say that yeah. I can drive this car. And then um, pay annually. And then, yeah, then pay an annual tax on it. Um, but we, most of us live with that. I do, yeah. I have heard of people that claim like uh, they're sovereign citizens and they just don't get driver's licenses and they don't license their cars and they usually probably pay hefty fines for it i've also heard that you can argue that um you're not an operator or in trafficking Mm -hmm. due to like because of those actual definitions of those words in i saw a video and the guy was referencing black's law dictionary but i tried to Mm -hmm. look up traffic in that and i didn't actually find a definition it wasn't like set up that way so i'm not sure how he had it but um I'm, I'm sure it'd still be a hassle, but you could argue with the police on site or mm. at a court and say, well, I am not in a commercial state. Like I'm not conducting commerce. Therefore, yeah. I'm not trafficking. I am traveling in my personal property. And yeah. actually for you to stop me, I'm like, you put your emergency lights on. That's a signal for me to get out of your way so you can proceed to an emergency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, like when they used to walk up, is there an emergency officer? Well, yeah. like, that's why, because they're only supposed you're only supposed to get out of their way and like if they pull you they get in behind you it's because you're the emergency right yeah they should be helping you at that point not just trying to get your money right anyway if you're not conducting if you're not in traffic then they have no jurisdiction over your actions because the government can only rate they can only regulate the commerce not your private actions so like i said for the most part for most of us argue that but that's not not, because you got to be at work in five minutes yeah it's not (laughs) it's not worth the fight for things like that we license our vehicles we get driver's licenses cop pulls us over we pay the traffic ticket whether we agree with it or not we just do it and sadly enough for a lot of people that mentality is a lot looser than our mentalities and that goes all the way to like what we're talking about with like lockdown laws and COVID laws, it's like, yeah, they don't trust the government, but it's not really worth the effort to fight on it. And we just want to get this done and over with. And that I guess is my fear going into the next big one. I keep saying, um, is people have this mentality. It's not worth the fight. It's like, Oh, just go with it. The government said so. So I guess, my question, back to my question, what is your line of non-compliance? Because you have your line, because you do license your car, you do pay the traffic tickets, but at some point you have a line that you're going to say, no, nah, fuck that, I'm not going to do that. And what's that line for you, I guess? So um, just at a, on a personal level, I have gone so deep in that that the last time I was pulled over, I told the cop I don't answer questions the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he had me get out of the car and I, I was like, I'm fucking going to jail. And I had, I had to be at work in 10 minutes. Yeah. But, um, but that, that was to that day, that was my line. And mm-hmm. he said, can I ask you a question? And I said, and this is like the seventh time. He's like, why don't you answer questions? And I'm like, I don't answer questions. And so he had to let me go. Right. There was nothing he could do because he didn't know how to handle it. And he didn't really want the problem either. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like, I think most times, probably because I'm white, I got away with it and it was fine. <laughs> right, right. Right. So like, unfortunately, there is that aspect of it. Um, there is that aspect of it. There are cops 
who are cops because they want to hurt people. And unfortunately, if, if it's your number, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So on that regard, I, if he had put me in cuffs, I was not going to fight back and try to get his weapon and then die. I wasn't right. going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was prepared to go to jail because I knew I could fight it later. And so the risk was small enough for me to make that stand. And I had to be honest with myself. That really did mean I do at the end of the day, want to live just like everybody yeah. else. Sure. And the, the more I can uh, eliminate risks and, and eliminate drawing attention to myself, the better. If that means that, um, that I'm compliant, then like I said before, like show me a way to be non-compliant and I'm there. Mm-hmm. And also I unfortunately like my lifestyle. Right? right. And I had to be really honest about that too. Well, I like the internet, man. Yeah, I do. So living in the woods maybe isn't the best option for me. <laughs> right. And like, and when you say that out loud, you're like, fuck, that's how they get you. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like literally like Moses having to tell the people, I know Pharaoh's got all the food, but we left for a reason. You know, it, I know it's hard. Yeah. But here we are. We're in exile and it sucks and we're in, but we're free. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have that really hard talk. Um, my line is definitely my children. Mm-hmm. And in, in that being said, it's not just anyone messing with my children. It's anyone messing with me because I cannot be taken away from my children. Right. I don't want to live without my kids or right. my wife. I don't. I don't want them to have to live without me. If I thought that I might be separated for a short time and I could get back, then I would probably go that direction. Mm-hmm. So I had to think about like, what do those situations look like? And the only one I thought that was plausible was someone coming to my door right. right, and saying, we need you to comply with this directive or else. And, um, you know, if they were going to do that, then I was going to be very resistant to mm-hmm. the point of, you know, repelling them violently because, sure. because in that situation, I've already done told you no, and please get off of my property. And right. if you keep coming back, I'll consider it an act of aggression. And since you're wearing a badge and there's no one else for me to call, then I'm going to do it myself. Right. And, I'm, and that's, that, that was my mental state. And, and so my wife and I had to talk about that because, and I encourage anybody that has a significant other or who even has a great co-parenting situation to have that discussion because uh, there's a, there are a lot of different ways that you and your family might want to um, share what might be the last of your family moments and and it's a heavy subject but you got to talk about it mm-hmm. so that you're not surprised when it happens and then pray so it doesn't happen yeah mm-hmm. well <laughs> I, I mean you already kind of talked about it but there, what's I, again uh, the next question I had was what's your line between peaceful non-compliance and non-peaceful non-compliance because you have all these people with especially when it comes to like uh, like the gun laws and stuff, like the whole come and take it mentality. Right. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, you, you come take my gun, I'm going to be shooting back. But how many people do you think a, a SWAT team comes to your door, guns drawn, and says, hey, we, we want your guns? How many of them do you think are actually going to act, fight back like they say, or are they going to be like, nope, nope, I don't want anything to do with this? And so I guess where do we draw the line when it comes to peaceful noncompliance? Because like, I think we're all pretty non-aggressive or like we don't want to start the shit but um when it comes to certain things like you were talking about your kids uh like say and and say 
the government said, you know, you, you're not vaccinated, so we don't feel like we've decided that you're not a fit parent, so we're going to come take your kid. Where do you draw that line? Like, I, I, I feel like most I'm of us— I'm never going to get my kid back. If, that, if that's what's happening, I know enough now that I'm not getting my kid back. They mm -hmm. have, they've taken, they'll take, if they're taking children, they're mm -hmm. going to go the whole fucking nine yards. Right. It's not, it, it's not going to, they're not, Oh, sorry. We made a mistake. Yeah. You can have them back. Cause that's going to cost way too much money. No, they're going to keep your kid and like, you won't have the money to fight it. There isn't a lawyer that's going to waste their time right. and income on a pro bono case. that's that's fruitless. So like your kid's just going to go into foster care right. until they're 18 and then they can come find you. And, um, and so maybe that's better. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you let them do that. Right. Right. I, I don't know. Actually, I've never, I've never actually thought about that one. I'll be honest with you. I've never thought about, cause now my kids are sort of old enough that if, if they took them, cause they're not babies. Right. And they mm -hmm. have, my youngest is seven and she's fucking brilliant. She's so smart <laughs> and she's already like, like her boundaries and her knowledge of, of liberty and personal freedom is high on mm. the on the whatever scale mm. and so if we were separated i know my kids would would find me again they'd come back and so i'd want to stay alive right yeah, yeah. right right if i thought that my that they were going to force inject my kids with something that could potentially kill them then what i'm seeing is they're coming to kill my kids mm -hmm. and i'm a violent non-aggressor so yeah. if you bring it to my table then i'm just gonna push it back i guess or put the table through the door i don't know what we don't have like the most defensible property here if the swat team wants to roll up or we're pretty much sitting here but man if they roll up with syringes and stuff or like that intent i just don't even i don't know i'm i like i i know what i want to say i do yeah, yeah. but it, but also we kind of get caught up in in a in this perpetual state of terror which right. is the whole point about these scenarios that may or may not happen and i'm s sometimes wonder if they're actually happening elsewhere in the world like right you know they are mm -hmm. you see some of the videos in from in like australia that's right. a fucked up place mm, right yeah. they turned like a five thousand unit or person um apartment complex into a prison like overnight yeah yeah and i don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation like do you just commit suicide by by cop or because yeah. that's what you're doing you're not going to survive that it's already too late you done fucked up your just, first mistake yeah gun turrets on the roof yeah for just, real. just justin campbell from the fact check this podcast said he his number one priority for renovation is gun turrets on the roof so um that's that's yeah. his his um his where he's going with this um so i i've always said for the last two years you you come after my kids where like i don't go saying how much ammo i stock up i have I mean, I've I've got ammo, but you'll have enough for what you're gonna get done. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I might not have enough even to repel the people coming after my kids. But yeah. I I feel like I want to say, and like you said, you want to be able to say this, but you don't know because you're never you've never been put in this situation. I want to say that we're gonna find out really damn quick how much brass I have, whether it's enough or not. It's a it's I'm going to fire off every one of them until you leave my damn kid alone or yeah. I'm dead. One of the two. Um, I'm when it comes to my kids, that is what, that is my line when it comes to, um, I will risk my life. I will, I, it, I will die on literally die on that hill fighting yeah. on that hill. Um, I, I don't know.
from a personal level, where my line between aggressive and non-aggressive uh, non-compliance would be, um, or between peaceful and, and aggressive non-compliance. I, I mean, you had the argument between back in the 60s, you had MLK and uh, Malcolm X that they were kind of dichotomy difference between how they were non-compliant like mlk was very like peaceful non-compliance and then mlk was like fuck that we're gonna we're gonna mess some shit up here and um we're gonna make some noise because that's the only way to get stuff done i don't know what my line personally would be yeah i feel like going straight to non or going straight to aggressive is probably going to end really badly right but I think everybody has to have that line, and you have to at least ask that question to yourself once in a while and just mentally think about that, even if you don't come up with an answer. Like, where would my line be? Where would my line be with my family if somebody showed up at the door with, with guns drawn? Like, at what point do I say, you know what, screw it, uh, it's not worth it? Or at what point do you say, you know what, screw it, um, come, and, come and get it, right. basically? Mm, I don't have an answer for that yet. I, I don't either. That, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like something that you have to think about at least, and maybe go. Like you said, you played through different scenarios and, and different things, and you made you prepped. You. I I feel like that has to be scenarios that you play through in your head. Just I I don't know to maybe yeah. at least address. Address the situation mentally, because if you don't address it mentally, then you're, you're I mean, you're going to be caught with your pants down either way. But still, I, I feel like we got to I, I, we I think play you don't that. really know that until you're in the situation. Sure. It's that time where something happens and you're like, OK, that's it then. I yeah. mean, I, I just don't, I don't think, you know, because it's going to affect you in different days. Right. Mm-hmm. And in different ways, emotionally, like you're going to have days where, you know, you can handle somebody, you know, calling you a dipshit in front of your right, kids for not sure. having a mask, but then you're going to have days where you've been pushed to the limit and someone, you know, says, oh, you can't buy that that water for your kid on a 90-degree day because you don't have a mask. And sure. then then you're like, motherfucker, no, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right, you right. just it, it's hard, to I think, to set that until you're in that situation. And I, I also feel um, you have to plan everything, like all the other alternates out, before getting to there, because I already yeah. know if the shit hits the fan, I'm not staying in town. I'm getting the fuck out of right. here because yeah. I don't want to be put in that position where I have to make that decision. I'm right. getting as far away from it as possible. Right. Um, so I feel like the people that are like, no, I'm just stocking up on ammo. Come again. Yeah. Those are the people that are probably going to die first right. because um, they're they're just relying on brass to, right. to yeah. survive right. instead of all Smarts. the other things they should have right. relied on. I don't think you can deconstruct the American st- structure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think sandbags sandbags behind the walls is yeah, all ju- you need. Justin Campbell says, I forgot I don't have brick walls on this house. <laughs> well, neither did uh, the, the people in Waco, and look how that turned out. So, <laughs> Yeah, that, and that was kind of... I was gonna say that earlier. You, you're not. You're just not gonna outgun them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these days, they pretty much just bring everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like we had a we had a local. They called it a local uh, cockfighting ring, and it was. I think they made like four arrests that day, and they confiscated like twenty five thousand dollars in cash from a safe, and they put down three hundred head of roosters, 
that they quote unquote had pumped full of um pumped full of toxic hormones or like the way they phrased it it was like like the shit they that they put in your food up the ivs yeah, right? right so that yeah. they they become super roosters and um like the mark mcguire's of roosters <laughs> and they just absolutely couldn't be rehabilitated and obviously nobody wanted to eat them you know like there's a homeless population that's like literally a quarter right. of a mile down the street from where they they're like we bus. would eat it we yeah. don't care but, what's in it yeah. <laughs> but they brought an apc with like guys in full fucking like ruby ridge gear Good and God. to make this to make this bust mm -hmm. and it's yeah man that's how they do yeah. and and that's so i i want my kids to live and i want me to live also um but like i also want to be free because if like we're already not free enough mm -hmm. I, I do have to have a line somewhere and i feel like if they're going to potentially do something that i feel is threatening and, and that's where you lose a lot of people are like well the science is good though and it's not life-threatening or mm -hmm. the very very few people die and it's like, well, motherfucker, if it's even one, if it's one person that's my kid, then mm -hmm. that's the only one that matters. Right. Right. right? So I don't want to take the chance. Yeah. I don't care how low the risk is. And, yeah. you know, I still get in the car and drive to work every day. Right. It's very risky. Yeah, obviously. You put a mask on when you drive, though, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. There's masks all over the place. Yes. Well, Justin, this has been a great conversation. We are well, well, way over our time. So are we? we? Okay. Yeah, we are at like two hours Good and thirty-seven us. minutes. Look yeah, yeah, yeah. I to I told you we could do this. For <laughs> hours. I I could keep going and going and going. Um, and I felt bad having to kind of shift the topic every once in a while. But there was quite a few things I wanted to discuss when it came to like non-compliance and uh, trust in the government and specifically with the fact that we know that they're going to throw the same shit at us again. So it, it's interesting to look yeah. at, like, where are we as society or where are we as individuals? What have and, we learned? Yeah, yeah what have right. we learned and how do we how do we respond to this again? Because, um, I mean, you learn from the past or doomed to repeat you're it. doomed to repeat it, which we're repeating it. So um, I do feel like they need about a generation in between. Uh, that was my this thought. one and the and the next big one because like this is literally just the polio thing yeah. over again, right? And we just did that like sixty or like going on seventy years ago, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So and, and that's all it took was two generations, and you got enough people didn't, and the people that were in that that time believed it anyways, but and they had great polio coverage. And I don't know if you guys are um, aware. I know you're trying to wrap up. And I'm going to run you a little bit. Longer, oh, you're good. You're good. Please forgive me. No, so good. I, because I want to bring this up earlier, they have like some infatuation with monkeys mm -hmm. and with cows, and I, I don't understand it yet, and I'm sure it's ancient in reference, but like the the polio vaccine was also um, infected, if you will, with or tainted right. with monkey cells, and so like they gave, I, I think the report was they had like 70% coverage of adults at the time and 90% coverage of children, uh -huh. and then and you think about that, and then. Um, around the same time they were blood typing people right and this whole rh factor sh started showing up in blood types mm -hmm. and it's all like kind of in conjunction with um the polio the polio vaccine and like becoming aware of the virus and, and like polio running rampant and um people get inoculated and now fast forward and we have like 16 17 18 percent of the population only 
is RH negative. Everybody else has this RH factor associated with their blood type. And RH stands for rhesus, like uh -huh. the rhesus monkey, right? Yeah. Because that's the type of cells that they use. So like basically it's an acknowledgement that our um, blood types were somehow married to this this huh. monkey kind of mm. like so we're like monkey we're like monkey people we've already been we've already been been transhumanified or whatever trans sure. transhumanified our, our kids are not going into foster care i don't know what you're talking about i'm, I'm listening that is insane, oh. <laughs> that is insane. yeah she's All like right, fuck well, that. Yeah. that your line is not my line fuck that <laughs> stop yeah. talking no she i just yeah i like to think that we'll know we'll know what that line exactly what that line is on the day when when we're intended to set it down sure and for us it's um it's pretty well established to be somewhere in the vicinity of go fuck yourselves mm -hmm. yeah ad nauseum now you just opened up a whole can of worms with this rh factor stuff so we're gonna have oh, yeah. to have you back yeah, on right. just to talk about that stuff because oh for sure wow, that's you just fun you just sparked up a about a billion brain cells in in me and i only have so many brain cells so um we do have <coughs> excuse me we do They're have to there. get out of here um yeah. this has been an awesome conversation we've covered a wide range of things and if you're listening on youtube it's been nice knowing you because we're definitely <laughs> definitely Goodbye. getting kicked off it's been a good run. one it's been i mean why not end on a good note right. i guess um justin do you have anything you want to plug usually we let people plug their shit no nah, the i'm just a goofball in it like be my friend i guess that's yeah. i like that that you know, stuff's fun you, i came on here to get to know you guys better i did all the talking see what happens oh that that's the point <laughs> that's you're, right. you're yeah. the guest we wanted you to talk so uh we'll we'll definitely spend more time with you in the future because this has been yeah interesting like i said justin you're an interesting dude that's why i wanted to have you on so um is high. so 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 it worked out well you are as interesting as thanks i anticipated My yeah, pleasure. No, no problem thanks for coming on justin everybody Definitely. else make sure you check us out all over social media go find justin justin lightheart on facebook twitter i know you're on both of those i don't know if you're on anything else but i know you're on I those i gave up on twitter that's garbage <laughs> well i know you're on it because i found your face on it but um <laughs> i didn't know if you followed or not but Go find Justin and talk to him. He's an interesting dude. Like I said, he has a lot of cool shit to talk about. So um, otherwise, we'll definitely get you back on the show here pretty soon. Maybe I'll have you on for a bonus show to just talk conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Yeah, so, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to get out of here because we're well over our time. Thanks for everybody who chimed in, everybody who listened. Um, Comment section's always open on YouTube. We have the forum on Facebook, which is called the Breaking the Bell Forum. Um just go request to get in, and if you look like a person, we'll let you in. Otherwise, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. Um, follow us on Twitter at Break the Bell Pod, and again, join the conversation. Leave Absolutely. your comments. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Who we don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So just talk to us. We like people to talk to us. Justin, yeah. thanks again for coming on. We're going to get out of Thank here. You. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you for the weekend wrap up this weekend. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zielinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week 
talking, let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.